I'm here. How you doing, brother? Hey, buddy. I'm doing good. Colonel, you there? Yep. Got you loud and clear. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? In there, hanging in there. We're uh, we're all we're all curious on what your thoughts are in the in the coming weeks. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all curious. There's a. Uh, We'll go ahead and get started right now because I know that you're short on time. Um, so I was, uh, I think, I think you responded to someone. There were some refueling uh, aircraft that was going out towards the transatlantic. I think there were six of them. Did you have a comment where you said that uh, there'd be more of them out there, or they'd have some buddies out there, yeah. or was that someone nah, else? No, that would. That, w- that wouldn't mean I generally don't comment on something that's operational like that. I got gotcha. you. So not, not that I won't comment on the situation or what I think. Right. So, yeah. So I guess my question is for someone who, who uh, we're, we're waiting on Mark, he's not here yet, but for someone, for someone who hasn't served, uh, there's been some interesting, uh, you know, I guess press releases or, or, or I'm not sure how it's getting out to Twitter, but, you know, it's always the we are going to respond at a time and place of our choosing, and then it and then it gets into you know the whole operational plan gets out here on Twitter. Um, you know, how does how does that kind of work exactly? Well, uh, that's actually a, a, one of the biggest errors that this administration's making. I mean, every time they do that, it's called telegraphing. You know, just like in boxing or anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, that's uh, that's close combat. You know, if you telegraph what you're going to do, you're probably going to get some people on your side killed, uh, and uh, that's exactly what happens. And uh, it's really pissing me off, quite frankly, because their operational and communication security uh, is just in the toilet. Uh, you know, and uh, every time, every time they do that. Uh, uh, that is uh, increased risk to an American right. somewhere, you know. Uh, so it's not, my point is, to answer your question, it's not working. The way it should be working is that the, the military operational folks keep their mouths sh- shut, go about their business, and the foreign policy types like uh, Tony the Idiot Blinken <laughs> right. uh, uh, talks in very general terms, and that's the opposite of what's been happening. As a matter of fact, I don't know if y'all noticed it, but it seems the Secretary of State is really the, the Secretary of Defense and is in charge of military operations in this country. That should scare the hell out yeah. of what, What's your take on this? What do you think is going to happen in the next week or so with our response? Do you think it's going to end with that response or do you think it's going to widen out what's already happening in the middle east yeah well the time for an overwhelming response to reestablish deterrence on these punks especially the iranian backed militias uh, all the hezbollahs around the world uh, primarily in iraq and syria uh was the very first mm-hmm. time uh and uh we didn't do anything for a long time and then when we did something, we, we knocked out some kind of weapons cache or something. Uh, and uh, uh, and it, I don't know if you noticed or not, but targets are getting evacuated yeah, even right. now. As we speak, uh, these guys are telegraphing and leaking our stuff, uh, and the targets are getting evacuated. So you're not able to kill the people. Look, you can take out equipment all day long, uh, 
they're not going to run out of it. As, as you could see in Gaza, they're not running out of rockets. Right. Even now, they're still able to shoot some rockets. Uh, and, and Israel has pummeled the hell out of that little patch. Of right. Okay. Uh, so they're not going to run out. Uh, the way you reestablish deterrence so, is you kill them and take their stuff up, break their stuff uh, in an overwhelming fashion and say, if you do it again, it's going to be even more uh, deadly and we're going to come after you. But that's not the only piece. The really bad part about this is there's no economic uh, uh, piece to restrangle Iran, uh, like uh, the maximum pressure campaign. I think that's what it was called under the Trump administration. Had Iran so strangled, they could not afford to do it from a financial perspective. They couldn't spread money around like this. And dumbass Biden opened the floodgates to the money. uh, And uh, here it is. I mean, the first thing they do is October 7th when the floodgates really open. Uh, And and, and I think that without a, without a, first of all, the overwhelming response piece, the the horse is out of the barn already, but you could still try it, but you've got to put that financial strangulation back on that economy. Uh, You know, I mean, uh, you you may have seen some of my open recommendations Mm -hmm. or look, you know, overwhelming response until you destroy these militias and their and their capability. And I mean, you go after them till you got them done. Like we did ISIS under Trump. Okay. In Northern Syria uh, until they were finished. Uh, uh, and, at, but at the same time, you have to do something to Iran. Uh, my recommendation is take their Navy off the battlefield, destroy it. Uh, you know, there are two Navy ship, uh, you Iranian Navy ships, intelligence and surveillance ships out, uh, in the Gulf of Aden and the South Southern Red Sea that are given targeting and survival information, protection information to the Houthis right. that are firing missiles at commercial shipping. We're not doing anything to those guys. Uh, you know, we should take every Iranian ship afloat off the water permanently destroy them at the same time we do this other operation now that uh, but you have to combine that with a, a reimposition of the maximum pressure campaign or it won't work it's going to continue to happen right it seems we have a bad problem right now of actually sending yeah. of actually sending them money before something bad happens not just that but we're sending them messages right it's laughable you know and nobody wants to nobody in their right mind like me wants to go to war again uh in the middle east or anywhere at this point we've been in this endless war policy for two and a half decades now uh or more uh and it's it's ridiculously ineffective as any thinking person especially people schooled in the art of warfare in the united states really do know. Uh, but we have a president of the United States that is either not being advised well or not listening. And I think it's probably a combination of, uh, of the two. Right. Now, do you think, um, from what I read on Twitter and some other places, it seems like they're not going to have a direct attack or any sort of military deployment uh, with Iran. But do you think they're going to contain it to uh, Jordan and in, in areas of Syria? Iraq and Syria. I I'm think. sorry. And, Is it and, Iraq and, and Syria? And what, and, yeah, and what small pieces of Jordan that may apply? You know that that base. Uh, there's an air base and and that outpost that got hit the other night. That are kind of up in the uh, in the very Jordan, the top of Jordan, right there is like a corner. You know, it's mm-hmm. a little less than ninety degrees. Uh, so they're they're pretty far up north 
they're close to the Iraqi and Syrian borders uh, and everything. So uh, I, I don't, I doubt there'll be anything happening uh, in Jordan unless they've got some targets there that they're a hundred percent sure of. Uh, uh, but honestly, I don't, I don't really know, but they'll definitely be going after Iraqi militias and uh, militias in Syria. No doubt about it. Right. What, what, but, but again, it's just more tit for tat plinking if we don't do right. an overwhelming thing and go after something Iranian and the, the the best, least escalatory. If they're worried about escalation, I don't think we should be worried about that, to be honest with you, is to go after the Navy because they're out on the water, uh, most of them, uh, uh, except for the submarines. You know, they've got a bunch of submarines that we have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's not going to be like a one strike deal if they decide to do that. None of these should be. Uh, but I got a feeling they're just gonna gonna do a one strike deal and say, yeah, we did it, and then you're gonna see more attacks. Right. Wh- what is which is stupid. No, definitely agreed. What's your understanding? Because I think the military was stronger, built better under Trump. Uh, we're not meeting our current goals. What's your understanding? Do you think that we have in the backdrop Biden is scared that if there's a escalation we're not prepared for it or is or is our military even though we're not as stronger or strong as we were uh we're still prepared for something with iran and something wider leaving the readiness piece of it aside for a second the biden administration and the obama administration are behaving almost identically they telegraph their military operations so the enemy knows they're coming that protect their stuff protect their people uh to live to fight <coughs> another day uh, and they do it for the same types of reasons, you know, uh, the same the same reason that we still have troops there and don't need to. Uh, those troops don't really have a mission. Tell me a mission that they have. Uh, is it to defeat ISIS? I don't think so. Right. Uh, because ISIS is is effectively gone. Uh, you know, it's an ineffective. If there's anything left of it, it's, it's ineffective. Uh, uh, in that part of the world. And I'm not so sure I buy the ISIS pulled off the uh, Soleimani uh, memorial service the other day in Iran and, and killed all those people either uh, b- uh, because of that. Uh, so they're not there to defeat ISIS like the public statement said just yesterday. Uh, so anyway, to get back to your question, mm-hmm. the the uh, Biden administration is behaving exactly like the Obama administration did. They come at it from an idealistic perspective instead of one of realism uh, in national security and foreign policy. Uh, and they're going to continue to behave this way. They're not going to change. Uh, uh, and because of that, the military, the U.S. military is weakening, it, not from a capability perspective. Look, our capability is the best that's ever existed on the planet, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, but it's from uh, but but none of that capability is worth a damn without a good force that's highly trained and has has good morale that trust each other. Uh, and that's why all these things like critical race theory and the uh, DEI are so bad for uh, for any organization, but especially for uh, the military, because you know what? If you've ever talked to an infantryman that's been on the line in any war uh, 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 from and I've talked to him all the way back to World War Two, a hundred percent of them tell you, look, I don't I, I wasn't there risking my life for my country. I was fighting for the guy next to me. OK, right. that's that's what they think about when they're out there doing that job. Uh, and if we are 
we are training these kids not to trust each other because of skin color, for God's sake, or because of their sexual choices or whatever. Uh, uh, that's what critical race theory and queer theory and gender theory, all of that does. Okay, right. is it teaches that one set of people is oppressed and the other is oppressor and nothing can change that is the worst part about it. That's just crazy because they are they are breaking and have broken the national security uh, military team that's supposed to bring violence to the enemy and, and get each other back home alive uh, because we're teaching them not to trust each other. That's number one from that. And the I'm, I don't know if you guys realize it, but the Biden administration has done that on steroids. They asked for another $114 million for DEI just in this last budget. Uh, again, when we had 20-something amendments uh, eliminating it, trying to eliminate it from the military, including the personnel positions in the organization. Right. So, but it failed. That effort failed. Uh, so, so that is causing a readiness issue with the troops. Uh, the other thing that's causing a readiness issue is the focus on training. Uh, you know, the focus on training in this armed force since since June of 2021 has been on finding white extremism in the U.S. armed forces, which is minuscule. OK, I right. spent 32 and a half years in the military from enlisted to uh, to full colonel. Uh, and I can't I can't even count on one finger how many times I came across a KKK member or a white uh, uh, supremacy person or anything like that. Not even on one finger in 32 and a half years. I'm not saying it doesn't exist because that kind of crap always exists, especially in the military. Uh, you know, the McVeighs of the world and those kind of people are always going to be around. It's up to us to find them. But but this organization has been training its people to focus on that, on finding that and rooting it out when it's it's almost impossible because it's effectively rooted out already and has been for decades. Okay. Uh, in spite of you able to find one or two every once in a while. And the same thing uh, with racism, uh, discrimination, all of those things have been effectively defeated 20 or 30 years ago in the U.S. Armed Forces. And all of this new focus on training people under DEI and critical race theory and wokeism, that's all, that all takes time. And where does that time come from? That time comes from operational training where you're learning how to, and you're training how to find, fix, and defeat the enemy and return home alive with your equipment. So you can do it again on America's behalf. That's where that time comes from. So uh, what you see is the Heritage uh, Foundation's readiness report that they put out. I think it's every couple of years, maybe every year. Uh, they put it out in the spring. The U.S. Air Force, my service, had its lowest readiness rating that it's ever had in the recorded history of that report. Uh, the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, C.Q. Brown, a black guy who I know and is a great fighter pilot, uh, flown with him in formations and in, in mission packages and those kind of things when he was the leader. And he's a great guy, a uh, great guy, should be a great chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But during the Black Lives Matter thing, he lost his ever loving mind and he instituted uh, uh, all of this DEI, CRT, uh, uh, Marxist based stuff onto the U.S. Air Force and the report from last spring, uh, from Heritage, is the scorecard. That's the report card on him, is where that is, and our readiness is in the tank. Uh, and it's because, you know, if you're focusing on these things that don't really matter, 
like what I just talked about in your training, all of that training time's coming from something, and the something is always operational training based on the combat mission that your unit's supposed to do, whether you're a supply a supply squadron or a battalion, or if you're an infantry battalion or a fighter squadron or a bomber squadron at the tip of the spear, uh, all of all of those units have to have operational training. And 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 I'll and I'll uh, let let another question come in here in a second. But uh, and the case in point on that is you're hearing some kind of rumint coming out of the uh, the the uh, the camp that was struck, and the three soldiers uh, were KIA. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's things like, uh, well, I think they misidentified the drone as a friendly when it sh- they should have identified it as an adversary and shot it down. Uh, you're hearing things like that, or you're hearing things like, well, the, uh, the uh, camp commander had designated a soft-sided tent as the transit tent so for people incoming and outgoing before they were put in permanent quarters, permanent's relative, okay, uh, but those permanent quarters would be sandbagged or or, uh, or or Hesco uh, bunkered in and, and hardened, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak, because they're getting attacked all the time. Right. Uh, it, you know. Well, uh, and you're hearing the rumor that the, that these thirty uh, something people were in the transit tent in a soft sided tent, and that's why we ended up with three dead and so many high injuries uh, and those kind of things. So you're hearing stuff like that, and that kind of validates what I said about readiness, uh, and, and it just it kind of validates for me that I I might just be right about all of this training to go on these useless things that don't really matter is being taken away from operational training. I've only done this for a few years of my life. And that's exactly what happened in the flying community. When you had all this weird training that would be required to be done, those hours came from flying training and the flying training in a flying unit is, I mean, that's where you learn how to, how to uh, attack the enemy and defend yourself against his, his resources and kill the target and come home. Uh, you know, so that's right. what I think. That's what I think's going on. Uh, and uh, and look, I most of the people that I are my peers are three and four stars now, so I don't have much contact, direct contact with anybody that's uh, on active service that I know very well. Uh, but those that I do, uh, you know, they give me indications that that's what they think is happening to them. Gotcha. And if and if people haven't listened, uh, we had a great space with. With the colonel, how long ago was that? You think when we spoke about nine uh, eleven at you at the Pentagon? How, what do you think? Six, six, eight months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, around last yeah. September, I think. Yeah, shortly after. Yeah, that was a great space, uh, James. I'm going to go to you, and then I'm going to come down to Kevin uh, for some questions for the colonel. Yeah, quick question, Colonel. Don't our drones have IFF transponders? Like, wouldn't this have avoided that? And then, don't we have procedures in place for if the IFF fails, like in the in the close proximity of our bases? Well, one of the open source intel reports that I'm seeing is that uh, this uh, aircraft had some type of electronic warfare capability or uh, electronic countermeasures capability. You know, and one of the things that an, like, a good electronic countermeasures or warfare system does is capable of is spoofing, is to make it look like there's more than one target or maybe send a signal out that makes it look like it's a friendly uh, and those kind of things. And, you know, with all the equipment that we've lost in places like Afghanistan that the that the Islamist forces have access to now, uh, that wouldn't surprise me if they had figured that out. But that's also another indication uh, 
and the biggest one that the Iranian uh, Republican Guard Corps, which is who runs their military, okay, uh, they do that on behalf of the Ayatollah because that's how he stays in power is through them. Uh, they're not, uh, I mean, they say they're special forces. They are, uh, but they also run the military. They keep everybody in line and get them training and equipped and all that stuff. That tells me that the Iranian forces are in direct contact and directly operating these drones for these little uh, Hezbollah militia units that are going around firing them. Uh, is uh, if they have, if they in fact, and we do find out that they in fact did have electronic warfare or countermeasures capability on that drone. So Thank that's a possibility, and that's that's why it could have been spoofing itself as a as a uh, a friendly. And also, you know, look, things break, dude. You know, and sometimes the IFF breaks, and and it's my understanding they had one of their drones out already, and it may have been coming back in, and this thing shattered him, uh, uh, shattered him, and, and got right up close to him, uh, turned you know, and turned all of its electronics off. Uh, so it would come back in uh, with a friendly and maybe it's maybe the friendly's IFF broke and all they were doing was painting their primary target, uh, which is what, you know, painting the, the aircraft itself uh, with a radar means the primary target. And they didn't have the IFF target to look at. And it, it shattered and came out in that way. I don't know for sure, but that's those are the kind of things that that you're hearing coming out of the AOR, uh, which uh, tend to turn out to be uh, uh, about 90 percent uh, fact when you when you figure out what really happened, you know, and talk to people and see the investigation and everything. Yeah. Thanks, Colonel. It seems with the, at least from looking at Telegram and on Twitter, it seems that there's been an uptick, especially once the Ukraine Russia war kicked off of serious drone warfare. Um, I, I'm not sure what it was prior. What was your take on, on drone warfare prior to it kind of becoming mainstream now that we've, now that we've seen it on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit more than a casual observer of the Ukrainian-Russian war uh, on the battlefield. And I try to, I don't just look at Telegram. I've got other places that I look at videos that are coming out, especially coming out of the Russia uh, area uh, and the Ukraine front lines. Uh, the Ukrainians more uh, about three or four months ago and, and earlier than today. I'm not seeing much on the Ukrainian side now. But uh, one of the things I noticed is... Uh, the cope, what they call cope cages on the uh, tanks and the uh, armored personnel carriers and, uh, you know, like the Bradley fighting vehicles, all the armor vehicles, but these cope cages, which is, which is basically a, a metal screen top over the top of the hatches and everything. And if you look closely at, at the Israeli footage of the tanks going in the Gaza and everything, you'll see that they've adapted their tanks with these cope cages too. And what that's, what's that, what that is a defense of, uh, is these small drones that carry carry like uh, they're one or two bombs, but they can be precision guided, uh, right. or it's a drone with explosives on it, and it's a suicide, what they call a suicide drone, and it's precision guided because they have IR, GPS, you know, uh, and an operator that's watching with his eyeballs uh, going into the target and everything. And these coke cages are designed to to prevent those little bombs they drop or the suicide drone itself from uh, getting down into the hatches. Uh, uh, and, and trying to penetrate that or hurt that armor on top, which is usually thinner. Uh, it's my understanding. I'm not a tank or armor personnel carrier, but, uh, but, uh, that one, one of the, that evolution of, uh, of a defensive piece of material and tactic is something that when I first noticed it and I watched the Russians and the guys talking about it, 
uh, on their channels and everything. I'm going, hmm. And then I started looking at the drones themselves. And man, the Ukrainians, especially with our money, they've been buying these like mm -hmm. little drones that are made out of cardboard. Right. I mean, they're buying them in the thousands, you know, and they can carry bombs or be a suicide bomber and they're all precision guided. So there's been a definite explosion, so to speak, uh, not in the not in the detonation sense, but in the in the widespread uh, 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 of this technology. Uh, and the numbers of them have dramatically increased. And I think it's, uh, uh, you know, the cope cages are one indicator, but it's dramatically changed the battlefield because they're really hard to spot, especially if they're made of cardboard, for God's sake. Right, right. Yeah, and, yeah, no, and they're high up, they're tiny. No, so absolutely. Um, let me head down to uh, Kevin, and then I'll go over to, let me see what this, who this guy is, Redleg. I'm going to go to Kevin Redleg, and then Malcolm, what's up, brother? Uh, Kevin, good, buddy. What's up, boys? Colonel, how are you? Um, I'm going to... Good, I'm man. gonna say something that's probably gonna be unpopular, but oh, here it yeah. comes! Here it comes. <laughs> but wouldn't the best way for our troops not to die in the Middle East is to not have them all over the Middle East? I mean, I've been calling for them to be withdrawn okay. uh, since before Donald oh, Trump thank uh, God. left Someone office. Someone speaking some sense. Yeah, I agree with thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was first off, I was <laughs> I was terrified to ask because I'm like, I like the Colonel. Yeah. I don't want him yelling at me, yeah. but like. I'm like, oh, we no, have troops I, dying in I, Jordan. I, I, I didn't you. know we had troops in Jordan. Well, we've had the we've had the air base there. My my son, one of my sons, actually spent six months there uh, once upon a time when we were uh, retaliating against the Assad for the the uh, so called chemical attack on civilians and everything. I'm still not convinced that wasn't a uh, uh, wasn't a false operation conducted by our side, but. Uh, uh, but he was there. They weren't under any big threat, but they were ready uh, back in those days. So I've known it was there. But, you know, I've been I've been calling for the troops never have to have been in northern Syria. We've never had Congress approve that that mission uh, in northern Syria. Uh, they did tacitly a few months ago when that when the the uh, the uh, the uh, bill to remove them uh, from Syria failed, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they don't have a mission. Those troops do not. There is no mission there for U.S. forces to be in those areas. You know, we should have redeployed them home and and reset back to our our, our main operating bases in the region at, at a minimum. Uh, and I'm talking Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait, uh, and and remove those forces from Iraq and Syria a long time ago uh, because they're sitting ducks. They are sitting ducks, and all they're there for is to attract weapons, obviously, when things go to shit. And that's what you see happening. And, and this administration is so, uh, I guess they're, I don't know if they're frozen in fear or they're just stupid. Uh, I, I, I tend to go on the side of stupid uh, that they, they wouldn't pull them out. Even after the October, the October 7th thing was a great opportunity to pull those forces back to our main operating base. It's not, the, you know, leave the whole area. But pull them back to our main operating bases to refit, uh, re-equip, get some rest uh, in a non uh, uh, non-combat zone environment. Because whether you like it or not, they are uh, in those areas, and uh, uh, and then wait and see what happens after October seventh, and kind of act like a big deterrence force, like our Navy and Air Forces are doing. Uh, but no, they didn't. It's like they're frozen. Uh, and they can't decide on what to do. And the longer it goes, the more we get hit, the more people we lose, and the more tit for tat, uh, weak stuff we do because because 
Biden and his boys and girls are, are too afraid to respond with overwhelming response uh, to reestablish deterrence, the more Americans are going to die and the more unwilling the generals and the admirals, which aren't very competent in the first place, uh, are going to be to want to pull those guys out. You know, you know, uh, I was reminded of an event earlier today. I was listening to somebody talk about the Lebanon bombing and we lost 200 something Marines. And uh, one of the things that President Reagan did uh, was he decided not to respond and he withdrew them. You know, saved a lot of lives over the, over a lot of years because he did that. So that's something that people should be thinking about, but they're not. Thanks, Colonel. Let me head down to Red Light Good, buddy. Hey, good evening, everybody, um, evening. Americans and patriots. First name's Al, but uh, a lot of people think I'm AI, so that drives me crazy because they call me that. So, <laughs> um, and Red Red Leg, as uh, Colonel Manis would know, is an artillery guy, so um, I was kind of arms, but. Yeah. Colonel, this question's for you. Um, you know, I see everything that's going on over there. One flag drip coffin is one too many, right? And um, yeah, right. my thing is, do you think, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think that this might be some type of a ploy to keep Biden in office? You know, Democrats will sink to any level they possibly can. I think they don't think they have a chance in the election. And it also is um, kind of uh, cutting down on the noise with the Biden uh, crime history and everything and what's going on with Hunter Biden and all of that. It just seems that every time, you know, that starts to escalate, something happens where the attention is, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of... um, re uh refocused on another area and they just kind of seem to skate under um the wire you know what i mean and i think mm-hmm. um like you said i i know um for a fact that we've been over there since 2015 um that's special operations um all kinds of stuff on in the middle east so mm-hmm. um cuz i have friends obviously um, you know, that we're at the general level. Um, so I have, you know, knowledge that a lot of people don't, but it's like, um, you know, I was talking to general Fenton, I'm sure you know who he is. Um, yeah. I was at a celebration of life for one of my buddies, a retired brigadier general. And he told me about, um, that helicopter crash with the five, uh, special forces guys before it ever hit the news. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, these are the ones we're finding out about. But what else is going on over there that we don't know about that's not hitting the news? You know what I mean? Like you said, those folks are in combat zones, whether they like to say it or not. You know, you got IEDs and everything else. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are stories that we don't know about, but I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you know, those little operating bases are all considered uh, useful jumping off points for special operations raids and, and kinetic operations and, you know, and, and boots on the ground type stuff. So uh, that's one of the reasons uh, I'm sure that uh, JSOC doesn't want to let them go, uh, quite frankly, because they are being tasked with 
with with both uh, what's called white sop and black sop operations. Uh, they wouldn't be there. We wouldn't be there if we weren't conducting those kind of things. Uh, so uh, you know, it's uh, uh, they're definitely being used for uh, for combat operations for trigger pullers, uh, and more than likely, it's sop guys and gals because you know. Uh, you know, the big infantry units and, and movements and armor movements and things like that, they really aren't going on right now. And there's really no need for Americans to be doing that kind of stuff. So that's point one. Point two is, look, man, having been in the political arena since 2013, never put it past any politician in office, uh, especially in an election year, that's going to be doing some kind of crazy ploy uh, to get people distracted away from the bad stuff and onto something that might help them. And, you know, presidents that have wars going on have always been more popular and easily, more easily reelected uh, than uh, presidents that don't, if they, especially if they had shitty records. And look what happened to H.W. Bush. He had a mm-hmm. great record, uh, highest approval rating ever known to any president. And then he went down to the lowest approval rating uh, known to any president uh, after the war was over. And he didn't have a war to, uh, to fall back on when he screwed up domestically and decided to raise taxes, even though he promised not to. So, yeah, never put that past him. Everything he's doing right now is political. I don't know if you saw it today, but he's decided he's going to go to Palestine, Ohio now and do some photo ops, you know, uh, and he's never been there one damn day. Uh, Amazing. Since that incident happened. Uh, uh, so, so absolutely. Uh, a lot of this is political. And you know what's really sad about it? And Red Leg, you know this uh, uh, as good or better as I do, is that American kids are, are dying. We've lost five now between the two seals that fell off the ladder, so, so supposedly, uh, 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 in the boarding operation. And then these three soldiers from Georgia, uh, you know, uh, they're dying and they're dying uh, unnecessarily because. They really don't need to be there. They have no mission. It's it's like the thirteen that were KIA at the at the end of Afghanistan. Uh, you know, it's completely unnecessary uh, to do that operation that way. Uh, and those lives were uh, were sacrificed for political reasons because Joe Biden wanted to get them out of there so he could celebrate on nine eleven. That's exactly what the reason was. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, remember the last thing that the Afghanis remember us doing is killing one of our, our own uh, uh, guys that helped us out and seven kids, seven of his kids. And uh, I think his wife, too, nine people that we bombed and said they were terrorists after the, uh, the bomb went off that killed the 13 service members. So the last act that we did was a uh, was a, a uh, inhumane uh, war crime mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we never really. Uh, uh, admitted to fully or uh, made any reparations for. And that's just, uh, that's the way it is. So we created a bunch more little terrorists. Uh, yeah. Bunch. Colonel, quick question before I head to Malcolm. Do you think that a, that an actual escalation to a full blown war, or I'm not sure what you would call it starts in 2024 be, because of Biden's just, a, just abysmal ratings across the board? Well, I will tell you this. I've been talking to some folks that, that are at the same level as far as experience and, and education and those kind of things and this stuff uh, as I am, different services. But we're all uh, uh, pretty much in agreement that if you uh, compare this uh, this time frame uh, and the events that we're watching occurring and participating in and 
those kind of things with the, I think it's 1938. Uh, in 1938, World War II had really already started, but most people, uh, except maybe Churchill, didn't really understand that it had. Uh, but there were so many different wars and proxy wars going on, mm-hmm. uh, like the Spanish Civil War and those kind of things, uh, uh, it, that it was just a matter of time unless unless either, either we got lucky and disrupted it or uh, figured it out and disrupted it. And, and, and neither one of those occurred, obviously. And then for the United States, December 1941 happened. Uh, the, uh, uh, right. So we're, we're in a very, very similar uh, time and uh, you know the old old saying that uh, uh, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you, uh, this this administration uh, is uh, uh, is doing things in a different way than the administrations in the 1930s uh, from a foreign policy perspective. Uh, uh, it's actually the opposite way. They're 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 too engaged and too involved uh, and. Uh, but in a weak way. So we appear to be weak, just as we appeared to be isolationists in the late 30s. Now we have, we're not isolationists, but we appear to be so weak that the adversaries are lighting off little conflicts and wars all over the planet. Uh, right. and, and the U.S. is the only country whose strength alone, without doing anything, uh, can deter that kind of activity. And, and the deterrence has failed, uh, I, I think, utterly. And I fully expect that uh, President Xi in China may, in fact, uh, try to do a violent takeover of Taiwan before Donald Trump can get reelected. Uh, uh, I've been on that uh, on that timing uh, for about a year now. Right. Uh, you know, so because he's he's hurting domestically and he's a dictator no matter what. And any authoritarian that's hurting domestically, if they get an opportunity to to, to light up a conflict and use their armed forces for a reason that they think is going to help their country. Uh, we'll take that opportunity to do it. So there's a couple things driving uh, in favor of that prediction. But you know, right. I'm not predicting, but my spidey sense is up. We, <laughs> right. And that and that would be that would be the uh, the uh, uh, for want of a better term, the Pearl Harbor that lit off uh, a wider conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the possibilities there. China's definitely having some issues with their economy, with their stock market, with their housing market. So there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on over there. Um, Malcolm, going to head to you. Uh, we got about seven minutes left with the Colonel. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, no, all good. All good. I'm not trying to, uh, like I said, I don't really have any deep points. I think, uh, the good Colonel's been, you know, more than, more than a, a student's observations and concise in his explanations. So all I was thinking about asking, especially just with the advent of this new drone warfare, which it just seems like to me, again, Iran or Iran was basically testing them when they were shipping their uh, Shahid drones or what we affectionately like to call the Doritos over to Russia to try against Ukraine. So what I'm really wondering, because we saw it being demonstrated there, is the new dimension of warfare going to be this quasi-economic warfare where uh, a couple of, uh, where like a maybe thousand dollar drone is blowing up million to billion dollar you know, sets of equipment and, you know, basically creating sort of a pseudo World War One type environment where now you have, you know, countries basically blowing up their economy to fund war with these extremely expensive pieces of equipment that can be blown up for the cost of a measly thousand. Like, do you think that that's going to become the next frontier of warfare? 
Oh, I think that I think you're watching it happen before your eyes. Uh, speaking of World War One warfare, you know the Ukraine Russia war. That's what that's exactly what that is right now. That's that's why Ukraine is uh, uh, is uh, you know with this counteroffensive that they still talk about today. Uh, they've lost so much equipment and so many people in that because that is trench warfare that the uh, Russians uh, uh, haven't forgotten that strategy and tactics and and construction. Uh, and defensive technology and capability over the last hundred years, and, are, and have proven to be very effective at it. Uh, but uh, the you know the cardboard drone uh, that I was talking about about earlier, uh, to your point, uh, Malcolm, is uh, that is the that that capability that and those like it are are the uh, uh, they are the great field leveler. Now, will they ever be able to take on like a United States Navy? No, you're going to have to have something that's close to what uh, what the uh, Chinese uh, uh, Communist Party's Navy is growing towards uh, to do that uh, in, in, a, in a way that makes it ineffective, that makes the U.S. Navy ineffective. But uh, uh, can they take on the vaunted uh, maneuver warfare strategy of the United States Army and our NATO allies through 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 M1 tanks and uh, and those kind of things, absolutely, you're watching it happen. If you look closely at the stuff coming out of Ukraine and Russia, uh, with an objective eye, not with an eye I'm rooting for one side or, or another, right, right. and you just look at it objectively, that's exactly what we're observing is that armor uh, and maneuver warfare uh, tactics and strategies have to be completely rethought because of the proliferation of this very cheap but highly effective technology. Yeah. You know, and, and it's making yeah. the billion dollar platforms, they will not be obsolete, but it sure makes them uh, appear to be obsolete. And the other thing that it's doing is that it's it, it's weakening the ability uh, for the peace to be maintained yeah. around the world because it's so cheap to do. You can, if you have this force, uh, you know, uh, that can take on a big gorilla or keep the make the big gorilla ineffective while it takes on. The actual, the other force that it's really trying to to topple or defeat or whatever it is in a in a small country, uh, uh, those kind of things are going to be more. There's gonna be a more a higher propensity for that type of combat to occur today because of this technology. So I think right. you're seeing it uh, happen in front of your eyes. Yeah, and uh, just as a quick follow up again, sure. just uh, once again, kind of being concise. Um, you know, looking at what we're seeing, especially with the Houthis, you know, the Houthis have been a stubborn thorn in the side of not only uh, Israel, but also Saudi Arabia. You know, they have this natural advantage. And one thing I'm kind of seeing with this drone warfare is that it makes a lot of the conventional use of artillery and, you know, all of these, uh, you know, all of our mechanical advantage that we can pretty much levy on them from the ground. It makes it almost obsolete. So do you think that our level of success if we were to conduct an operation is going to be very minimal given the fact that they can essentially do what the 2000 you know what hezbollah did during the 2006 warfare against the idf and sort of grab us by the belt and pull us in close to their territory and you even see the u.s having you know success fighting in that mountainous terrain over there in yemen against the houthis if we have to go boots on the ground well uh uh, let's take the boots on the ground piece first. Uh, you know, we should fight that war like Secretary Rumsfeld and his team uh, fought the Afghanistan war. Uh, and that is you send uh, you send teams in to link up with the opposing forces 
uh, and get them capability through those teams uh, to take the Houthis on because that's the way uh, you win that fight uh, uh, and you win it without getting you know thousands of Americans killed with the boots on the ground, number one. But you also win it because the, the opposing forces against the Houthis are the ones that know that ground and know that terrain. And they know the Houthis better than anybody else. They've been fighting them for a long time. Uh, now, as far as uh, uh, making uh, uh, some of the bigger pieces of equipment capabilities obsolete, I don't think in this particular warfare, because we're, we're going to, uh, if, if our commanders are smart and Biden doesn't interfere, I mean, there's a lot of ifs there, but, you know, in a, in a, in a perfect world, uh, we're using the Navy uh, to fight in the geography of that space, you know, with the, the two sides surrounded by the seas uh, and the United States Navy and allied navies uh, that are going to participate, uh, that is uh, going to be, I mean, that's our most effective uh, place to operate from in that particular geographic space. And it's entirely to our advantage. That's why we're able to knock down almost every almost every attack that's been shot out into the sea uh, has been knocked down with very few acceptance if there was a U.S. Navy or a coalition uh, trigger puller vessel uh, in the area to stop it. Now, there have been a few commercial vessels that have been hit. I don't know if that that one the other day sink, the one that they had to evacuate and abandon ship because of the fire. Uh, I never never got a follow-up on whether that was sunk or not. But so so from that perspective, now we're we're not obsolete. I mean, the Navy capability and amphibious capability from the U.S. Marine Corps is perfect for that environment. But I would advise, you know, the Secretary of Defense uh, to to follow the Rumsfeld model for how we did Afghanistan because those forces are there uh, and they have been fighting them for a long time. The Saudis have been helping them. Uh, so we have the contacts and those kind of things. And that would be the best methodology to go in there and defeat those guys. Uh, but they're not going to defeat them without our help. Uh, the Saudis have been trying to help them for a long, long time to no avail. Thanks, Colonel. Going to go to uh, Don't Lie and Thomas. Guys, if you could uh, pop your question out real quick. Colonel's got to go. And then I have a parting question for him. Uh, don't like that. Thanks, Crypto James, for the mic. Um, sir, Colonel McGregor put out a tweet. Um, just about eight o'clock. And I was really curious what your thoughts on this were. Um, I personally happen to agree with him. I served active all through the 80s and then reserved through the 90s. And I've kind of been tracking what's happening with Israel and Gaza and, and so forth. So his tweet, I, I wish I could post it in the, the purple bubble, but I can't. I'm in Twitter jail. It says anti-Israeli Arab militias are responsible for attacking the United States. Intelligence reveals Iran did not order the attacks. They are attacking us because we are supporting the destruction of the Arab population in Gaza. If we were not involved, the attacks would end. Uh, that was Colonel McGregor's tweet. And I was curious if you agreed with him, um, uh, what your opinion on that was. Uh, read the first part of that again. Anti, what? Anti, anti-Israeli. Right. Anti-Israeli Arab militias are responsible for attacking the United States. Intelligence reveals Iran did not order the attacks. They are attacking us because we are supporting the destruction of the Arab population in Gaza. If we were not involved in the attacks, if we were not involved, the attacks would end. The uh, well, uh, 
one of the things he's right about is that we should not be involved in Israel uh, other than as an ally. You know, uh, we we said we'd put a deterrence force over there to keep bad other bad actors from trying to widen the war. Uh, that's a noble goal uh, and, and one that we have the capability to do uh, and should do if necessary, so, because it's an ally. Uh, Israel is an ally of ours, longstanding. Uh, but I don't know that I agree with him uh, that, well, he didn't say that the Arab militias uh, were not Iranian-backed Arab militias, uh, number one, uh, because uh, the intel that I'm seeing is that uh, these are all Hezbollah-based militias, whether they're in Iraq, Syria, uh, or anywhere else in that area. Uh, but aren't Hezbollah? I'm, I'm all, sorry, but but aren't aren't Hezbollah and and Hamas and so forth? Aren't they financed by Iran? Yes, so that's what, I was, that's what I'm saying. Any, anybody that's got a name, uh, the name of Hezbollah in their militia, and all the ones that are the shooters uh, that I'm aware of do. They're all Iranian-backed, and the, and the Hamas is Iranian-backed. Nobody does anything over there without Iranian support and capability, equipment, uh, logistics, communications. All of that stuff is run out of Iran. Now, I know Iran has denied any uh, involvement in these things, but those people are not going to do this without uh, some type of direction from an Iranian commander of some sort. And, we, and they have Iranian commanders on the ground with those militias. Uh, so... Uh, you know, I don't I don't think I agree with what McGregor said about Iran not being involved. Uh, now, do I have evidence that they sent an order through a specific communications link to all these militias to, to do this? No. But uh, but I've got enough to know, you know, uh, that without them involved, none of this would be happening at all. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. but but. Uh, any involvement in the Gaza thing, other than in a defensive role or a support role, uh, such as, uh, you know, help, helping them get their logistics in and all that stuff, uh, is, uh, is really dumb for us to do. I've, I've said we shouldn't be involved in that completely, but we should also not uh, prevent Israel from doing what it needs to do to uh, make Hamas unconditionally surrender either. You know, right. so that, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Thanks, Colonel. Let's go to Thomas. Thomas also served. Uh, he's he's in here a lot. So, Thomas, good to see you, brother. Ace Crypto. No, Colonel and I know each other. Uh, we talk, we've talked quite a few times. Uh, Colonel, I just wanted to know, and I, we can totally take this. I, I, I can make a phone call to you about uh, uh, the optics involved in uh, Lee, and I think of the last name. I'm going to mispronounce it, but Wheelbarger? Um, do you, are you aware of the optics that his inventions have been involved in? Uh, not familiar. Okay. Uh, so Colonel, I know you got to go. So thanks for giving us time. One question for you. Um, I think a lot of us in the room probably share the same sentiment that we need Donald Trump back in the white house. And, uh, we're going to discuss that a little further, uh, tonight from a military perspective, what, what does how bad does the military need Donald Trump back into the White House from what you've seen the four years from Trump, the three years coming up on four with Biden? How bad does the military need Trump back? Well, uh, very badly, because what it's going to take uh, is a secretary of defense appointed that's not related to the corporations that do defense, uh, the defense industry. And it's also not related to the power brokers inside the beltway 
Uh, and there are people, there are, there are colonels and senior officers and enlisted people uh, that are retired, that are perfect, that have run for office or been in office, uh, that believe the way we do and, and support America First policies uh, that uh, could be hired to do that, to do this job. Uh, but the first thing that's going to have to happen is is a complete elimination of the DEI organizational and personnel uh, and policy infrastructure uh, on day one, on day one. I'm telling you, if, I, if, if somebody like me is appointed secretary of defense, that is the very first order uh, that will be done in a written way when I walk in the door is to eliminate those organizations, retire those people. Anybody that's ever worked in that field will no longer be associated with the armed forces. Uh, then the next steps are are eliminate all uh, spending and training requirements that are not directly related to uh, these young Americans being tasked to uh, deter our enemies. And if deterrence fails to find, fix, target, and kill the enemies of America and win on the battlefield uh, so that we can come home uh, and be in peace. Uh, and then the third thing is we've got the clean house on the senior officer leadership. Uh, the One of the best ways I've ever seen done uh, to do that was something called the Louisiana Maneuvers that General Marshall uh, and his tra- training command commander, uh, Leslie McNair, put together. It's called the Louisiana Maneuvers, where they did live uh, maneuvers uh, through Louisiana, Texas, uh, uh, Mississippi, and Tennessee uh, with actual assets, actual people, actual logistics, and they exercised everything, in it, but especially they exercised the generals and the colonels and the lieutenant colonels to the point where they could, they were able to identify the generals that needed to be put out right away, the generals they could keep for a little while, but, but then make them retire. And they identified the lieutenant colonels and colonels that need to be, become one stars immediately uh, and then move up. And that's how we ended up with people like George Patton, Dwight Eisenhower, Omar Bradley, and those kind of guys at the four-star level on D-Day, okay, was because right. of these maneuvers that happened before the war started. Uh, so uh, I've called for it. I've written about it. We've got to have a set of maneuvers like that. Of course, obviously, we have a joint force concept now, and and, and we would need to do it in the Pacific environment uh, with the eye on, on that maneuver being to do a land war uh, against uh, our nearest adversary there and our biggest one, and that's China, uh, in mm-hmm. order to ferret out all that leadership and see who can do it, who can't do it and get them out right away and then start growing new officers. The other thing secondarily now that that will do is they will be, enable us to get out these people that have, that have accepted this uh, uh, Marxist uh, critical theory sets uh, that is destroying our military from within. And uh, the trust in the institution is at the lowest I've ever seen it in my lifetime by the American people. And that's a problem too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark had some, issues with his car, but, uh, I can speak for him. He definitely agrees with you. And, uh, if, and when you get over there, Colonel, listen, you got to give, uh, me and Mark a call, you know, I can come over as your advisor and, uh, you got to put a, got to put a star on Mark. So don't, don't, uh, don't, don't hold your breath. Uh, I don't think they'll let me anywhere near the leverage of power because they know that I'm going to, I'm going to create, uh, uh, I believe in creative destruction. You know, well, uh, the guy that created the Uda loop is John Boyd is, is, mm-hmm. I got his brief. I got his, his his briefing right here on my desk. It's called Patterns uh, of Creation and Destruction uh, uh, that led him to win, do a win, put a winning strategy in the hands of Americans. Even the Marine Corps has a statue of them and of him and his work in their war college lobby. So, right. uh, you know, I'm going to bust it up if uh, uh, 
Uh, that, if I get in there, and they will never let me near it. <laughs> well, well, that's what that's what we need, and we need we need four years of uh, yeah. some people say vengeance, whatever you want to call it, but we need four years of something different. Colonel, thank you so much. I really yeah. do appreciate you coming on on such short notice. Um, have a great night, great evening. I'll be in touch with you, and we'll chat soon. Okay, bud. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Th- thanks, Colonel. See you later. Of, My of best, course, sir. Everybody. Yes, Bye-bye. sir. Thank you. All right. So, James, are you there, buddy? Yep, I'm here. I got you. All right. So moving on to part, what, what is it in French? Is it part du, 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 du? So like it's part two in English, right? It's part dos in Spanish, right? What is French? Does anyone know? What is French? It's part du. 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 You said it right. Mm-hmm. Du. Du. Uh, all right. So yeah, Mark is going to hop on at some point. Uh, he, uh, he uh, had an issue with his computer, his computer he's had for like 10 years. It's absolutely amazing. This guy still has a working computer after 10 years because the batteries go like everything else. But somehow this computer has still been working for 10 years. But tonight uh, it wasn't working and then his truck didn't start. So we'll see how it goes, but he'll hop on. So uh, part two, guys, part two, Gen Z for Trump. Um, so we have two people in here uh, tonight. First, we have the Goldberg show and I'll get to him in a second. And we also have Jax. So. One of the things I think, and, and anyone who wants to come chat on this, please let me know and hop up and, and come up. And this is kind of like an open mic. You know, we're going to kick some ideas around. And I'm curious what James has to say about this. Um, so there's 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 an issue here a little bit. Um, you know, we have some Gen Z people for Trump, but I think it's arguable that you can say the younger generation, these Harry, whatever his name is, I forget his name and his counterpart that are in their that are in their dad's Audis doing these. Uh, what's up, Mystery? You're going to say something? Harry's sister. Oh, that's OK. I didn't. OK, I didn't need to know. But thanks. Uh, yeah. You know, they're in their brand new Audis doing these, you know, freak out videos of, of Trump. And, um, you know, uh, there's people in here that were like, oh, my God, I'm so scared of Trump dictatorship, white supremacy. And you know who you are in here tonight? The one person uh, where the colonel said, listen. He couldn't find it. Now, he didn't say that about the Ukrainian military or the Russian military, but he said that about ours. Um, So, you know, but I think there's an issue with our schools and our colleges, especially private ones, where you have kids coming out not only on the left side, but on the far left side. And this has been promulgated for, for, you know, quite a few years now. So, you know, the issue there when you look at Gen Z is that, more of them, I think, I don't know. I think more of them go left than go right. Now, obviously we'll have Jackson. We'll have, do I keep calling you the Goldberg show or can I, can I just call you Goldberg? <laughs> okay. Goldberg is okay. All right. So we'll have them talk about it. They're both Gen Zers for Trump. We're going to discuss that. Um, if Savvy has time to come back, we'll, we'll bring her up. Cause I know she's on the ground doing a lot of stuff. Uh, Paul, Jack, Cliff, feel free to come up. Uh, Michael Dean, I'm going to toss you a mic. Cliff, feel free to come up to take your poison pill tonight that you just heard. Um, so I'm curious what we can do to move Gen Z, right? Um, I'm looking at some polls that are recent. Polls are polls, taken for what they're worth. But Biden is arguably the worst president, not only in our lifetimes, no matter what age you are in here, but just possibly one of the worst presidents ever. And the fact that Trump is only up three to five points in some states is actually pretty scary. What that shows to me is, is, is that there are people that are still not possibly voting for Trump, 
even though we're going through the hardest time fiscally, economically, uh, globally that that we could possibly have with Joe Biden. Nothing this guy, nothing he does is correct. Nothing he does is right. Yet people are not voting for him. They're they're voting against Trump. It's the same thing as last time. Same exact thing as last time. Now, does now with O'Keefe coming out with his expose, does Biden get off the ballot? James has been saying since I think day one that Biden's not going to be on the final ballot. Right. So we're going to get to that. But regardless of who's on that ballot, with notwithstanding, I, I have to say for Chris Moreno, apparently and Matt Gates also said this to me, I think, like two weeks ago in here. Uh, apparently Michelle Obama, people are really enthused about Michelle Obama. I'm personally not, but I guess some people are. Matt Gates said that would be a problem. I mean, he said it in here right after he told me to fuck off when I said FSU shouldn't have been in the final four. Um, so, you know, I remember that conversation very vividly. So that's, that's where we're at. Um, you know, what can we do? James, I'm going to go to you first and then I'm going to hop down to Goldberg and Jack so they can introduce themselves and talk. Where are we with Gen Z? Where can we get more votes about Gen Z? Because um, that's an area that's possibly lacking for Trump. And as you do that, I'm, I'm going to bring some people up. Thanks, Crypto. Yeah, I, I think this is a problem that's as old as time, right? And it stems from the old adage that says, you know, if you're not liberal when you're young, uh, you have no heart. If you're not li- uh, conservative when you're old, you have no mind. Uh, that, that's pretty much accurate. Uh, over the broad spectrum. Uh, so when you look at, you know, how does Gen Z overall affect things, I got to be honest with you, they don't. Just like every other traditional sense of us when we were young, uh, Generation X, when we were the same age, we didn't affect the overall outcome of the elections because the numbers are just not there. They're too busy doing other things, living their lives, building families, building careers. And and I'm talking about broadly. I'm not talking about specifically uh, because there's clearly people in Gen Z that are absolutely pro-Trump. And there are clearly some uh, people that are absolutely pro-Biden. Those are people that are they don't fit that general mold. But when you ask, how do you outreach to Gen Z? Um, I think the simple answer is you fucking listen to them because you have no idea what the issues are that they are facing and you have no idea where they're coming from. We can speculate and we can say, well, let's look at what a lot of polling tells us about this. Uh, As a whole, Gen Z actually thinks they don't have a future. Like they really believe that as a whole. I think the numbers like 65% of Gen Zers think that the world is going to end one way or the other, whether it be from war or global climate crisis or some other shit. So, you know, that's a huge reflection point to say, okay, guys, the world's still going to be here just like it was when we were kids. Uh, calm down. But, but that's about it like that's honestly about it the rest of it just listen to them that's let them tell you what's important to them let them figure it out uh and, and then we figure out how we can how we can respond to those things with uh facts conversation uh and trying to teach them quite honestly i mean i still learn new stuff every day and i and i try to say this to people once they turn uh 35 i say listen Once you turn 35, if you're honest and you do self-reflection, you will realize what a fucking idiot you were five years ago, 
right? And you'll say, damn, I was dumb. And then five years later, you're going to keep doing the same thing every five years if you're properly self-reflecting, because that's the reality of the world. We continually grow as people as long as we want to continue to grow. It's when you stop trying to learn that there's a problem. So anyways, that's my spiel. I think I, think I answered your question there, Crypto. Yeah, no, of course. Thanks, brother. Let me head down to Goldberg. Goldberg, what's up? How you doing tonight? Crypto, how you doing, man? James, thank you guys both for having me on tonight. Uh, looking forward to tonight. I see some familiar faces in here, so you guys will probably hear this one time or two before. But for those that don't know me, um, I'm 26 years old. I'm a Russian immigrant. Um, I've been voting for Donald Trump since 2016, which has been my first election. And I'm looking forward to tonight. And real quickly, Crypto, something you were mentioning about my generation that I think that mm -hmm. is a big problem with my generation is they lack perspicacity. Um, if you talk to a lot of younger people, whenever I say younger, I, I like to group younger people, the ones that are still in high school, let's say, um, or middle school. If you ask these group of individuals what their viewpoints are on anything, they seem not to care. Um, right. And that's something that scares me. Uh, so my message across, I guess on X, since, since Elon took over, because for the longest time on social media, Young people like myself and Jax weren't even allowed to talk on social media. I was banned on Instagram and Facebook for just being a Trump supporter. It was absolutely crazy. Um, so, again, it's it's nice to have a platform to finally be able to get our voices out and heard. So, yeah. So, no, of course. So, Goldberg, let me ask you before I go to uh, Jax, who has been in here before, so it's great to see him. Um, what, what are some of the things that that Gen Z can do or that other people can do, um, you know, cause it seems, at, I, I, I don't know how, but it seems as if everything that's hip, new Taylor Swift, whatever is Biden. I, I, I don't get it. I can't follow it, but that's why I'm not there. Um, how do we, how do we get more people to come out to be excited for Trump? Or is it just not a thing? Because, you know, maybe maybe we can do it. Biden has these celebrities coming out for him. Um, I did see I think Snoop Dogg is apparently on board for Trump now. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe he gives up weed, becomes vice president. But, um, you know, what is something we can do to, you know, to get get Gen Z more involved? And I and I wish that Scott Press was in here tonight. He's always in here. Um, what is something that we can do for Gen Z to be more involved in the GOP conservative movement? Um, yeah, excellent question. And I think the first thing the conservatives are really, I would say, the Amer American first patriots. What we need to do is we need to take back our culture. If you look at Hollywood, if you look at these influencers, they push far left ideologies. Um, if you look at the Department Board of Education, they push far right or far left ideologies. So in order for us to get back on the right track, we have to change the culture first. So um, in order for that to happen, I think the first step was what Elon did, buying Twitter. That was a huge thing. Um, I think 20, 30 years from now, we're going to look back at this time and be thankful it happened. Yeah, no, I definitely think so, too. And uh, maybe we'll discuss later, James, because we're because we're kind of geeks about that. The 55, the 55 billion that uh, the judge just uh took away from him um that's that's absolutely uh craziness out there Jax, uh good to see you man what's going on 
Um, well, so I'm I'm 20 years old, so I'm a bit on the younger side of Gen Z uh, compared to Goldberg. Uh, I'll say this though: um, I, I've been supporting Donald Trump since 2016, and uh, in 20 like 2016, I was attacked by a teacher because I was wearing a Trump sticker. Our schools are definitely liberal breeding centers. I, I will state that, but uh, one thing I want to point out is. Uh, for me, for example, uh, my parents were extremely based, and something many people have, uh, many people like, don't seem to realize is that Gen Z was raised by Generation X, and uh, who else is extremely based? Uh, and Generation X, and that's something a lot of people miss. So, uh, if you look at the statistics that are pushed out from uh, the generational. Uh, like voting, uh, the voting patterns, what you'll notice is there's two groups in uh, Gen Z. Uh, the two groups are males and females. And males heavily swing conservative and females heavily swing liberal. Um, so that is the thing. I mean, uh, males in Generation Z are, uh, I think it's like 10 or 12 points higher in most like polls you'll see. Um, and, um, I mean, when we were growing up, too, we have to remember, we had four years of Donald Trump. Uh, and the years were good, but we have to remember what pe when people weren't paying attention, like people my age, and they were just going about with their lives, if they turned on the news, the news was screaming Hitler is president. Uh, so um, in 2020, that was kind of like that kind of resulted. But in 2024... Uh, my generation, for the first time, kind of has an experience under a democratic leadership. Right. And I, I think that's going to be a big thing. But um, I mean, what I will say is um, we hate on Generation Z. Um, and I, I, I am kind of against, like, I don't know if there's an ism or an ist, but I do not like millennials. Uh, millennials are the problem. And um, millennials, their children is Generation Alpha. So <laughs> people want to hate on my generation, but we are the most conservative generation in a while. So, so Jax, let me ask you, because I get all this stuff confused. Does Generation Z come before or after millennials? Uh, after. So okay. millennials are 27 to 40. Generation Z is 26 to 12. And then below 12 is Alpha. Got man, Alpha. They really named it Alpha. Oof, that's they need to stand up for that one. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Paul, Paul, let me go to you before I go to Goldberg. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, we have we have massive massive swings across uh, the voting blocks here. Is Paul there or is he out on the border catching someone right now? No, dude. That's there, I'm there talking to my is. daughter. There my daughter is. is 19 and I'm asking her questions for this conversation. Tell her to come on. And, well, she, she doesn't want to come on. She says she'll oh, sit here and my. listen to it. Oh, but my. no, 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 no. She's Paul, got some Paul, really good points. But. I know. Paul's daughter, come on and speak with dad. Let's go. Oh, they're finally now Presser shows up now. Now she's shows sitting up. right here and, and she can hear you. And if she wants to say something, she'll speak up. But she was cool. saying that the big fear for her age group in a lot of ways, one is the social thing where she says she thinks that people need to be accepted for everything that they say that they are. Uh, um, that, that's a, that's no. coming from the horse's mouth. Right. But Paul, listen, you're not, you know, people are not unicorns. You know, this, this whole thing of allowing anyone to be anyone at anything at any time, we have to start basing ourselves back in reality. 
these uh, oh man just listen if you want pink hair green hair go go out and do it but you know again if you're over 18 make choices that you want um you know if you're 18 or younger and you have parents that are saying hey listen you can't get a tattoo because that's too much. Or by the way, you can chop off your dick. That's an issue. You know, that's a problem there. So we need to start not, you know, there, there, there are some things, Paul, that are just, that are just off the board. And I think as Jackson Goldberg said tonight, we can use um, Colonel Manis's take on the military on how it needs to be gutted and bring that back to our schools. If you look at libs of TikTok, which I'm so glad for the past year, we've been able to show that to Cliff um, you see these principals and these teachers, you know, putting ideas, possible ideas that were never going to be in these children's heads and they're coming to fruition now. Right. So we have these again, you know, these kids can okay, believe in. Yeah, so these kids can believe in Santa Claus to a certain age. There's a video that's gone viral on Twitter where you, where I think the father puts down three Oreos and $10,000 in cash. And I think the five-year-old picks the Oreos. Of course. I mean, right. So, but if you look at these people that are on the edge of being accepted, doing these outlandish things, you don't have to look farther than farther than the parents. Now, while I would say this, Paul, I would say while your daughter is most likely fantastic and she believes everyone should be accepted. I don't think she's out there doing crazy stuff, judging on who her dad is, but that's just my take on it. No, you're absolutely right. She is not. She's actually a very, very um, headstrong, but very, very level-headed at the same time. You know, she is 19. She's, she's got her own way. The other thing she's worried about is, is she feels that, just to own a home, the American dream in the United States, you have to make an unobtainable amount of money at a young age where she's saying she, she's saying that it's been been mm -hmm. mapped out at about 75K a year to own a home in most places. Not all, but most. And, and sometimes that's not even enough because, you know, she's lived in some very high rent districts because of that and does and understands the need for um a certain amount of income to get what you need and right. to be able to put a roof over your head. So she's got a level head of take on it. I think 75 is a little high for a single person, but you know, that's up for discussion depending on where you live. Right. And, and um, I am not an economist. So anyone who wants to hop in here in a second, go ahead and, you know, have your thoughts on this. And then at some point I want to go to Scott Pressler with Gen Z voting, registering, things like that. But no, Paul, your daughter is absolutely right. If you go back if you go back prior to 2008 and we had that crash, right? If you go back to prior to 2008, things were, you know, they were getting up there in 2007, 2008, but they were affordable. 2008, we have the crash, everything kind of starts over again, prices drop. When you look at things now, and it's been happening for probably the past at least four to five years, you have BlackRock, you have Vanguard, you have a lot of, of these multi-international companies Picking up homes, you know, and even buying a home now. You look at a home, and I still have this now. I look at a home, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know what, that home should be four fifty. That home should be four hundred thousand. And I look, and it's eight ninety nine. Right. I look at a home that's a little nicer. I'm like, you know what, I would pay seven fifty for that. It's one point four million. Right. So inflation is here. It's here. Biden has printed money. We had COVID. We have to deal with what's happening here. Prices are up. 
housing market is up. Renting is up. It is not anywhere close to what it is with wages. If you go back for at least the next, the last 20 to 30 years minimum, wages have not cut, wages and earning potential have not kept up with the housing market, with the renting market. It just, it's, it's simply out of control. And guess what? I'm an attorney. I'm not an economist. I don't know how to fix that. I do know my salary went a lot further a long time ago. I make more money now and I make a very good living, but it's not anywhere close to what my buying power was before. I go to Publix. I step out of there with nothing for dinner. I just spend 200 bucks. Um, so again, you can see it in the supermarket too. Um, before I go back to you, Paul, real quick, let me ask uh, James or Sweet Pea, did you guys have a response to that? Well, I would quickly say, um, obviously, you're correct, but here's the problem as relates to Gen Z. Gen Z is investing in cruises, not houses. That is a problem. And, and it's because of their mindset that the world isn't even going to exist by the time they get to be our age. So the economy largely doesn't even apply to un their understanding uh, at the Gen Z level. Sweepy. Um, just a couple things. First and foremost, if you recall, when the men were in charge and women couldn't vote, kids weren't cutting off their dicks. So just keep that in mind. Um, but beyond so, that, so so are you saying? So are you say. saying? So are you saying that I don't know the twenty eighth or 29th, whatever it is, should repeal the nineteenth? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that obviously, um, it's yes or women, no. Sweet well, Sweet yeah, it's, I think maybe it would okay. be fine. I okay. really wouldn't okay. yeah, oppose to it, quite honestly. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyway, okay. Um, in regards to the housing, obviously, I can speak to that since that's what I do for a living. Um, and yeah, homes are about um, double to triple what they were oh, just three years ago. I just dropped Cliff. This is where you and Cliff argue that inflation's not happening. Okay. Yeah, I know. Because he thinks that it's not happening. Anyway, um, and of course, wages definitely are not keeping up to it. So I could definitely keep up with you. And I actually do a lot of posts on the economy um, almost every day regarding the jobs reports. Um, a lot of the jobs that are being filled right now, about 80% of them are actually government jobs, just FYI. Also, if you look at the jobs reports every single month, they recant about half or more of the jobs they reported from the month before. So it's really a big psyop, quite honestly. Um, and no, I don't see it going away any uh, anytime soon. They've got to stop printing money and slash the budget hugely if we are going to see any change. So I'll just land it there and I agree with you on so much of this. Can I real quick just answer your yeah. question, Crypto, is how do we solve this? Um, and, and I'm going to just put out the very short, broad talking point here is uh, the plan is all the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars underneath our feet called uh, gold and we call it oil, actually, um, liquid gold. That is the plan to save the economy. It's going to come with a little bit of pain point. People need to be prepared for that. But that is the solution. Um, and that's what's what, where we're headed. Um, is That's why you hear drill, baby, drill. And, and just to put it in perspective for people that don't understand, uh, three businesses involved in everything you purchase. Um, each one of them have fuel costs related to transportation and manufacturing. So um, when you lower fuel costs, you lower the cost of all production of all goods, whether it be farming and food or textiles and shirts and clothing. So that's why it's drill, baby, drill. Good point exactly. and 100% on target. And I totally forgot to mention that absolutely oil production will help turn things around tremendously as well as stopping printing money and cutting the budget. 100% correct, James.
All right. Uh, real quick, just want to give a shout out to Kyle Serafin. Kyle, good to see you. If you don't follow the Kyle, Kyle Serafin's podcast, is it called the Kyle Serafin Show? I forget. I forget. Anyway, it's a good show. It really is. I watch him and Tim Pool, and I don't know who's better. Maybe if Kyle comes up, I'll explain who's better and why. But uh, Kyle's show is great, and he's going to have Mark Nunn on doing live coverage with him. So that's going to be cool, and uh, we all can't wait to see it. So um, if you don't follow Kyle, please do. He likes to give out emojis and uh, talk about his time at the FBI. He really loved it. Like, if you ask him, he was really a big fan. Um, oh, that, yeah, that got him to request. All right, before I bring up Kyle, I'm going to make room. Just real quick, let me get to Cliff. Cliff, uh, the Democrat of the room, before I uh, go over to Goldberg and Jax, our, our guest for the evening. Cliff, uh, people are people are saying there's some inflation going around here. Uh, yeah, did you just what's see going the, on? Did you just see what I put in your nest? No, I didn't. No, no. Tell us, please. Well, go go take a look. I don't know where it, uh, it does it show up there. I can't. Get yeah, up. yeah. Okay, so it's uh, from Al Cardenas, uh, FL underscore DC. Oh God. Uh, what is he? He's, He's an talking investor. about the Fed chairman. He's saying the economy is good. He just constantly believes what the government feeds him. Well, no, that no, that's not true because he does not agree with judges' rulings that that go for Trump. So, uh, but anyway, let me uh, let me go here. It says, oh, it's a video of. Okay, I can't I can't play the video for everyone, oh, but just a quick okay, word. okay. So I'll read it. Powell executives summary would be growth is solid to strong over the course of last year. The labor market, 3.7% unemployment indicates that the labor market is strong. Well, it could only go down from where it was, right? Uh, we have seen inflation come down. Let's be honest. This is a good economy. Um, okay, that's that's by the guy who wrote about it. Okay, this is only 41 seconds, though. Um, Cliff, do me a favor. If, if you can um, DM it to me, I'll be able to play uh, Jerome Powell's uh, statement. Okay, give me. Give is me that okay? And I'll, I'll go, okay, I'll go after it. But again, okay. crypto. What they're right, not telling the you is the majority of the job growth has been within the government. Right. Not only that, but um, you know, a lot of the jobs uh, came back. You know, you can't lose a certain number of jobs, and then here they come back after COVID. I don't think you know. So there's a whole thing going on there. But and while people Cl are getting second and third jobs too, by the way. Right. That is true. All right. Uh, Paul, let me come back to you real quick because we were talking to you. Is there anything you want to chat about uh, before? I just need to rotate some people to get Kyle up. Um, is there anything that you or your daughter wanted to chat about? I was just asking her and she said those were her big two big things right there. Everything else. Okay. She agrees with the economy shit. Um, yeah. and she thinks that uh, not everybody's got a job because the economy's that way. And uh, that's about it. But yeah, I'll, I'll go down to listener so you can get Kyle up. Okay, cool. Thanks, uh, Paul. I'll bring you back up. Gonna move it around. Let me go to Goldberg. Goldberg, uh, what's the outlook with Gen Z when it comes to jobs and housing? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that my generation needs to do is, uh, excuse my language for any Christians, but pull their head out of their ass. Um, you see a lot of my generation that's very lazy. They don't want to work. And I, I blame COVID for this 100%. COVID taught my generation to be lazy, to get. handouts from the government. This is 100% the government's fault. And I believe that this is a determined systematic effort to weaken the population. 
I mean, if you look at the men of my generation, they're trying to demasculinize my generation. Um, they try to tell people my age, act how you feel. There's no stoicism nowadays. And then they they try to tell men that my age that stick up for women, protect women. They say that that's toxic. It's completely ass backwards nowadays. And the the guys that are in the chat, they'll agree with me. or they, they, I shouldn't say agree, but they'll understand what I'm saying here. It's only brothers that agree with you, understand your worldview, have enough honor to die beside you, have enough dignity to do the right thing that you can call on when shit goes wrong. And if you're a man without any kind of brotherhood, you're certain to be destroyed at some point. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of men my age and younger don't have brotherhood. Brotherhood. So, I don't know. Right. I think it comes hand in hand and needs to go a long way. Thanks, Goldberg. Let me head to, uh, before I head over, let me head to Jax and then Idea. Jax, uh, same thing. You know, those are obviously some big issues. Uh, wages are not keeping up with inflation and the housing market, uh, groceries, fuel, everything is off the charts right now. Um, what's the outlook? You know, you're 20, you got your whole life ahead of you. Um, but I'm not sure if you're in school, I'm not asking if you're working, but, um, how have things changed for you? So, um, I work in real estate in some parts and then I'm also in school. Uh, but, um, uh, there was a house that was sold, uh, for, uh, what would be $780,000 in 2019. And, um, I was working on selling it and, uh, it was sold a couple of, uh, it was sold rather quickly too, a couple of months ago. I think it was like two months ago for 1.7, like 1.72 million or something, something crazy. Amazing. Um, the, the prices of housing, especially where I'm at, I'm in North Carolina and um, North Carolina has been invaded by New York, California and other states. We're taking in 100,000 immigrants per year from these other terrible states. And um, we're the fourth most immigrated to state in the country. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of demand for housing, and uh, this is a major economic area in, like, the triad or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it is completely unrealistic for people. But I will say this. Um, things are supposed to be unrealistic. You're not supposed to be able to buy a house at 22, uh, even though you could in early America, in, like, the early 1900s. Uh, it, it might take you a couple years, but if you save money, you work towards building a career, and you get married. So uh, in today's world, uh, when most people are on two incomes, uh, you will be able to buy a house. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you just need to uh, put uh, put some work into it, and it'll take a while. Uh, my parents didn't buy their first house till they were late 20s, and uh, I think everyone should understand that it just takes time. But I do want to address uh, two things. Uh, yeah, go ahead, bud. James stated, my generation feels like the world is going to end, uh, and uh, that is a true statement. Uh, 40, uh, there was a stat that came out that 40% of Gen Z has taken preparation uh, to uh, be preppers, or whatever that word is. And I will state, the world is in chaos. Um, one of my good friends who's uh, at a major college for economics, uh, and he is not political, but he sent me a, um, a story earlier today that the interest rate is overtaking the defense budget. And uh, he stated we are getting close to a death spiral. But other than that, I mean, like, if, if people my my age think the world is kind of going crazy, it's because the world is kind of going crazy. I'll right. Um, the other thing, just responding to crypto from the beginning Yep. You stated that there's people among my generation like Harry Sisson and like Chris Mowry. 
And uh, I will state the the reason these people exist is because the left, uh, like the DNC, is playing games targeting the younger generation. And uh, this is something that uh, the RNC is completely negligent of with Ronna McDaniel. I think that's her name, uh, the horse yeah. lady. Yep. And um, I, I mean, like the RNC is doing nothing to target the youth. I stated this to somebody who worked at the RNC. I stated, look, the DNC is making it public opinion that the Gen Z is going to vote for Democrats. The Republicans should be doing something similar. And the person who worked for the RNC stated to me that um, uh, young people never vote for Republicans. So it's a waste of money. And um uh, that kind of broke my heart because young people in my generation are mainly independents. They don't care. They, uh, there's a majority conservative out of those who are political, but most people don't care and they just want to drink alcohol and go to parties. And these people are still learning what the world is. So maybe we should target them and use propaganda to win. But uh, that's all I wanted to state. Thanks. Thanks, Jax. Um, let me head up to Idea, our, our, our sponsor for the space. Idea, what's up, man? Thanks, Crypto. Really appreciate your time and hosting the space. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna latch on to what Jack said. I wanted to convey an idea about uh, trying to get Gen Z and millennials in general to vote for Trump. And you know, as everyone knows, most big money is blue, and that money is very well utilized in buying influence from the Taylor Swifts of the world that convince that those generations to vote for Biden. So conservatives are are pretty good at building packs and super packs and getting donors. I think that we really need to break off at least some, you know, some amount of that uh, money that is raised and, and try to buy influence in ways that will really convince the younger generations to, you know, vote right. Uh, anyway, thanks very much for the space. Just wanted to drop that idea for everyone to, to uh, consider and I'll drop down so other people can speak. Thanks. All right, brother. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Taylor and then G, and then uh, I'm curious what what Scott's take is on this, and then we're going to hit up Kyle uh, to to see what's going on. Taylor, you don't come up unless you're juiced up about something. So what's going on? <laughs> well, I can I can stay juiced up for just another second because I think Miss G was first. And oh uh, no, no, no 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 we're not doing this. <laughs> Taylor, go. <laughs> okay. So as as a millennial who is raising a Gen, Gen Z. Um, I can tell you, I she is very conservative. Um, she will be. We just registered her last month, I believe it was, for um, her to be able to vote in November. She's going to be 18 in March, so she is going to be voting in the primary, and then she's going to be voting in the election in November. So um, I have been discussing with her everything, and, and her biggest concern is right now college and a job. Um, and how is she going to pay for rent? Because she wants to move out in two to three years. Um, I don't really, I haven't really told her that she's probably not going to be able to because of the cost of everything. Um, but she is really worried about those things. Those are her big things. She's not worried about the social issues. I will say this. Um, she doesn't fully understand the whole pride stuff, and she doesn't understand the whole trans things. Like, people can be whoever they want to be, but she doesn't quite get why it has to be like, um, on everything and everywhere, like she, she's fine with everybody doing what they want to do. She just doesn't understand why it's, it's being marketed, basically. Um, but I have gone over with her, like the reason that you need to be voting for Trump 
I'm trying not to tell her how to vote at the same time, <laughs> trying to tell her how to vote. I'm like, you're going to have to. If you want to live in this house, you know who you vote for. <laughs> right. No, I was, I, she's, she sees how much my paycheck is not going in the last couple of years. Like, she sees it. Like, I'm like, right. we can't go out to eat. We can't do we can't do these things like we used to do. I can't take you on your big trip because I can't afford to do this anymore. And I'm actually making more than I was three to four years ago. So um, I think that that's also an indication of inflation and and everything because my money's just not going as far. And it's it's very clear to me. I will also say, as far as the housing market, I'm looking to buy a house in the next year to year and a half in this most horrible market to buy in. Um, and I can tell you the houses that used to be 250 to 300, which was my price range, are now 400 to 500 thousand dollars, and I'm not going to be able to afford that. Not, I mean, it's just insane. The other thing is, is like Jack, I have a lot of transplants from other areas because I'm here in South Carolina, so we're they're building like slab houses everywhere, practically on top of each other, and then they're charging out the ass for them. So it, it's absolutely insane. The inflation and the economy, it, it, it's shit. I don't really see how Cliff doesn't see that. But anyway, that's all I really had to say. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, and it's tough because unless you have cash, the interest rates are up. So, um, all right, let's head to Miss G. Miss G, you and your people are coming out of the Northeast and, and messing it up for the rest of us. What do you have to say? Okay, well, <clears throat> I don't know how much we're messing it up per se. Messing it up, uh, Ms. G. I can't, I can't drive on my roads. I can't drive on my roads. I got Biden bumper stickers. I can't do anything down here in South Florida. Listen, my people are not voting for Biden. My personal people are not voting for Biden. Who, but what, who, what are, I, who are those people, Ms. G? Because I, I think there's going to be... We're uh, not voting for Biden. I'm Italian. You're not voting for Biden. Well, but there's other Italians down here who may or may not also be Jewish like me, and they're voting for Biden. What are we going to do about that? They're probably native Floridians they're, or they're, Ms. G, they're Jews, and they Ms. have G. a lot of money in the bank. Miss G, they're taking all my bagels, oh, and they can't why drive. Why do you do this to me? I just <laughs> wanted to speak Go ahead. about this. Listen, I have two Gen Z kids, okay? You want to know what they fear? They fear they're not going to be able to afford to live. And yes, yeah, some of them are partying and spending their money because like, yeah, they don't see a future. And if anyone is on this space paying attention, follow unusual whales because they, they tweet about this a lot and they, and they provide like who the source is where they're getting their information. They don't think they could buy a home. My kids, they're going nowhere. I have a 26-year-old and a 20-year-old that are like, you know, thank God they have their parents paying, you know, helping them pay, if not paying all, of their tuition. And they, they know that buying a house is almost like a pipe dream. And like Taylor said, salaries will go up. But they're not going anywhere. You're losing it with inflation. So these kids, in a way, especially from conservative homes, I can say, because, you know, we keep our kids in. At least Italians do. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but Italians will let your kids live, live there until they die if they have to. Um, and it's just 
they they can't afford to live. I mean, I know I live in New York and it's very expensive to live here. Undoubtedly, this is one of the highest, you know, markets in the country. But with that being said, they don't want to leave to move to Idaho or wherever, you know, like I tell my daughter. Who wants to I'm move going, to Idaho? Nobody wants to go to I, Idaho. I, but I'm just saying, I told my youngest, come with me to Florida. I told my my older daughter, come with me to Florida. And they're like, no, I don't want to have to go somewhere else where I'm going to make less of a living, you know, and just still get by. You know, it's everywhere. Here is where I'm from and here is where I want to stay. They are afraid. They they are they are literally afraid that listen, they get coming out of college with degrees, and not all of them are, you know, the uh social sciences degrees, and they can't find a job. They're just not out there. So I don't know what they're saying, like, you know, oh well, you know, we have all these jobs in these markets or whatever, because even if you're a computer science major. I don't know who they're hiring, but they're not hiring the American kids. That's for sure, because I know quite a few of them that don't have jobs in their fields. That's that such a blanket statement, Miss G. That's such a blanket statement. Why? Not, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying they're not hiring. They're not hiring the Americans in computer sciences. Mm. I know quite a few American kids that are computer science majors that cannot find a job. Mm. That's tough. That's tough. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you think, before I go to Dylan, who's also Gen Z, do you think, though, that inflation and the housing market are really hitting 18 to 25-year-olds? I mean, is that really on their minds? Jax is saying I, yes. I know, go ahead. Listen, I know my oldest is 28, and I got a 26-year-old and a 20-year-old. They all think they'll never own a home. None of them mm -hmm. want children except for still at some small percentage, my youngest does. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Well, I mean, the, yeah, no, no, I no, I agree. It's no, definitely. My, my uh, kids outrightly say, I'm going to bring a kid into this world. How am I going to afford it? If I have one, am I what? Do I only have one? Well, I mean, you can use the China policy, right? And just have one. And I mean, on top of that, if they only have one, Miss G, I mean, they, I mean, they do have to take care of you too. So, I mean, you're gonna do that. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I'm ending. I'm, I'm gonna stop speaking now before it goes sideways. With you. Okay. Okay. Let me go to let me go to Dylan, and then Jax will come right back to you. I want to hit Scott and Kyle real quick uh, while they're here. Uh, Dylan, good to see you tonight. Uh, Gen Z, you've been in here before. Uh, what? I know that you're conservative, Dylan, uh, but but what's the forecast? Uh, we have some other Gen Z people in here tonight. You know, what's the forecast? Um, I'm assuming things have gotten, I believe you're younger, but I think things have gotten tougher. You can just tell me. I have no idea what your life is like. Just go ahead and tell me, bud. Well, crypto, you're, you're totally right, actually. Um, uh, my life um, definitely has gotten tougher. I mean, my family's life has gotten tougher. I mean... I mean, our insurance since Biden got in without any car crashes jumped up about two hundred, three hundred dollars, and we're and I'm paying about five thousand dollars more for gasoline. It's it's just it, it it's just absolutely stupid. But 
Um, the number one thing, and in, in Miss G was sitting on it too, my generation, you want to know why some of these people don't want to have kids is because they don't know if they can afford to even have a kid in this country. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so damn expensive that like the childcare costs and then you add the cost of living to that, you add, I mean, taxes, taxes on taxes. It, it just, it's just too insane to pay how much we're paying. And this is the reason why we need to get people who are actually willing to do the job in office the right way. Like, and it's it's really insane to me. Our country is literally falling apart right in front of us too. And I also uh, crypto. My first election that I voted in was uh, the twenty twenty two midterms, okay. and uh, I wanted to report to you all tonight that um, Congress uh, just there was a bill introduced today. It's called the Preventing uh, Paramilitary Activity Act. And so this act would basically, um, they're trying to pass a bill that will end our constitutional right to organize a militia and will end uh, the Declaration of Independence. This includes firearms, ammunition, patrolling areas. Uh, they're literally committing uh, tyranny in plain sight and violating their sworn oaths to the to uphold the constitution so i mean we got a primary all these people and it's truly insane but uh crypto jacks uh jacks made a lot of great points um earlier when i was listening and i appreciate him talking because uh a lot of those same things i've been saying in a lot of these spaces but i appreciate you having me crypto no of course thanks don't no go ahead buddy go ahead well i just uh, well i just want to say hi to my uh my uh, space friends, uh, Kyle and Scott Pressler in here, they do fantastic work. So, Of course, man. Thanks. No, they are great. And we're about to go to them. So I'm looking at the, um, let me see here, the, uh, the paramilitary, private paramilitary act filed by Jamie Raskin. That's all I had to read right there. I could have stopped right there. Uh, the preventing, so there's just a quote here up top. The preventing private paramilitary activity act fills a gap in federal law by directly banning unauthorized private paramilitary activity and creating strong enforcement mechanisms to reinforce this prohibition. Kind of, you know, haven't, I've heard about it, haven't looked into it. Kind of sounds like it's anti-2A, anti-militia, things like that. So, um, exactly. yeah. And I think maybe uh, before we go to Scott, uh, Kyle, have you heard about uh, Jamie Raskin's uh, paramilitary act? He doesn't want you to join. Kyle? I'm pretty sure he's uh, is he a blood or is he a crip? He's a crip, right? <laughs> Jamie Raskin. So, that's that's so bad. They're but, a kind uh, of a yeah. paramilitary well, group, the Crips. I think uh, here's the thing. Oh, yeah, this is, this yeah, is a bigger a deal than than it actually is being made out. Like in reality, there's no votes that are going to get this passed. That's part one. And the second thing is is that there there actually is an anti-militia law in almost every single state. I think. Idaho, maybe Vermont, there's there's like one or two states that actually don't have any uh, things on the books that say it, but essentially all states sort of outlaw this sort of thing and then nobody enforces it because it's sort of unenforceable, mostly because there's not going to be any law enforcement officers that get together and go, you know what we're going to do? Let's go fuck up like 50 dudes who are walking around and patrolling on some big piece of property that are armed and wearing body armor and are set up with like their plate carriers and have been doing FTX or drills all day. Nobody's doing that. That's not happening. So this is like one of those things 
things where it's like, you know, they're going to go and try to raise money on it. Oh, I tried to stop the militias. It's some bullshit that's going on. Uh, and and it, it makes for a great conservative talking point like, oh, they're trying to stop the militias. Is it really going to happen? No. Is there any reality to it? No. It's another one of these sort of like just posturing and then folding moves that you see all the time, which is what these people do. Like, it's like uh, somebody trying to talk about mm -hmm. an assault weapons ban right now. Like, you don't have the votes for that. It's not happening. And it's get 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 knocked down in the uh, in the face of what's going on in the courts. It's been pretty clear what the Supreme Court is saying about guns, and I think that would actually be a step further. Anyway, it's just I mean, it is it concerning? Yes, mostly because there's retards out there that are working in Congress. But I don't think the answer to it well, is that that we panic about it. The answer to it is that you just dismiss them for being clowns, which he is. Like uh, like I said, because he's a crip, and that's a weird thing to do. He's, he's a is crypt. he not God a crypt? crypto like well, you're well, an expert on crypto. I, I, he's a crypto. Uh, <laughs> can you tell I'm me if he's a crypto is he a crypt no we don't recognize him as a crypto guy no 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 he's not a crypto guy what's up with him putting that thing on like he had like who cares like you're a grown-up if you're bald and you have cancer yeah. nobody needs you to wear a stupid do-rag you look like a fool does he still wear it now i don't that he's done? i don't know he's not relevant yeah, but no, yes no he doesn't wear it anymore <laughs> Now he's fine. Now okay. suddenly he has all of his hair back like five seconds later. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he lost any hair at all. I think it was all bullshit. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, it could have been a sigh up again. Go ahead, Dylan. Well, well, uh, well, Kyle's actually absolutely correct. And Kyle, I do believe you, but I, I just, I, I really, I'm really just so worried about the direction of this country and where it's going. Uh, I just, it, it's, and also, by the way, Kyle, so in Illinois, when Pritzker tried to sign that assault weapons ban or whatever, which was so stupid, I think like, um, I, I'm not really sure how much counties there were, but I know every count, almost every county sheriff, except around Chicago, like, uh, took that bill seriously. So, um, so they did not enforce that, but uh, it's, it's that, the same thing in Colorado, that, yeah. by the way, like yeah. nearly every single county sheriff has gone against and said the magazine restrictions are stupid. Like, here's the thing. The majority of America by territory is rural, which makes it the majority of America is conservative, but not by the dense, you know, the densely populated areas. And, and there's actually a logic to that. So this is the thing that people, maybe if you're younger, that you don't really realize. The closer you live to your neighbors, the more you actually need a little bit of regulation because people do dumb things all the time. And so you actually require a little bit more government. You actually need a little bit more of that because your neighbor's going to do stupid things. And the alternative is, is that you solve the problems between the two of you. And that results in nothing good for the rest of society. So there is a need for more local level government, the more you know, population dense you live. That being said, what you'll also find is that you'll also be a lot more self-reliant and you'll feel a lot more comfortable when you get further out and further away from these population centers, mostly because your neighbors have enough room to breathe. They're not fighting over the same piece of the pie and you're not gonna be like rats scurrying around trying to get the last little crumb. So there, there's this major feeling that young people always run to cities, I know I did it. I know every other young person that I know that had any kind of instinct to do that. They run to cities because that's where stuff's going on and it looks super interesting and maybe you'll find a mate there. But then the first thing you do when you start having babies is you're like, I need to get the hell out of this dangerous, stupid city because everything here sucks and all the decisions are somebody else's decisions and I don't want other people making decisions for me and my babies and the people that I need to be responsible for. And so as you get more, a little bit seasoned, then you start moving into that self-reliant mode. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that's, that's as old as time. I mean, that's been going on 
on forever. But what I will encourage you to, Dylan, and this is something I heard you say, and I just want you to think about it. I'm not telling you that you're wrong, you're right. Um, but from where I'm sitting right now, one of the things you said was decidedly not conservative, and you don't even know it because you're you're living in a society that has been so indoctrinated by this idea. You said child care. I heard you say the words childcare, which pre-assumes that you're going to make a mate and you're going to have a baby, and then you're going to need that that female to go and get a job. And that is that is very different than any generation before. I think probably my generation was the first time when that started getting like pretty well accepted that that was going to be the case. It's people in their 40s, like their, their early and mid 40s kind of saw that happening. And I would suggest to you, Go read or at least read the back of and get the, the premise of the two income trap that uh, Elizabeth Warren wrote of all people in 2002 when she was not a loony, although she wasn't great. Go figure out what that was all about and understand why that two income trap actually creates two points of failure, which both can leave you in absolute, you know, a destitute situation. And if you understand what that is, then you start changing your mindset where childcare one, it costs you a lot more. The opportunity cost there is massive. When you don't have uh, your wife working, uh, which is what goes on in our house, my wife and I, she has a master's degree. We paid a lot of money for it and we spent a bunch of money and she basically never recouped the cost of her education other than she's a better mother for it. I'm sure she's worldly and interesting and has lived in other places and has all these experiences. But the most important piece, the most important piece was is that she wanted to spend all that time, which she would otherwise spend on childcare and education She's educating our kids. So just consider that that is something to, to take under advisement as you look into the world as you're young and and you're and you're looking out over the, what the opportunities look like, because assuming that your spouse will work is actually the opposite of conservative, I think. And it's unfortunately, it's like internalized leftism. We've all kind of moved into that space where it's considered pretty standard. I don't think it's the best way to be. Oh, oh Kyle. And actually, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you on that. So um, I, I actually didn't think of that. Thank you for telling me that. I appreciate that. And all it is, that. all it is, Dylan, it's a piece where we've accepted like this sort of, there's a leftist idea that they've taken over the culture and they've taken over the language and even some of the, t the points that we would even discuss. And I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake to see that territory like that's the standard. Really, the, the history of first wave feminism was that women should basically be celebrated if they want to get a job or if they want to raise babies. And then they basically said, oh, well, that's going to be a real problem because eventually, like, uh, we we need more and more women in the workplace to just sort of delegitimize everything else. So the second and third wave of feminism were much shittier. The first idea, I don't, I don't care if women have jobs per se, but I'm just saying if the assumption is is that in a married couple and, and mm. in a household – that you default to the position that both people should have a job, it actually works uh, against most of the things that you guys are really struggling with. And that's part of the reason why things are so expensive for your generation, that the only way that people are gonna be successful is two successful individual earners coming together and creating like sort of like a super household. In the federal government, we call them like GS28. So that's like, or GS, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about, crypto? Yeah, yeah. It's like two GS14s that get married and they both right. are shitty people and they're supervisors that have no skills. And they're the worst. They're the worst people to have. But uh, unfortunately, that kind of sets the bar that they're the ones that are out there pricing out the, the housing market and they are changing the price on, on things like childcare. And so if you want to fight back about it, you just take yourself out of that market. Now you're not in the childcare market. And now maybe you can afford a house that's a little bit smaller, but you have less things to worry about. You only need one car, which my wife and I did that for mo like we've had one car for most of the time we've been married because it hasn't been necessary. We just figured it out. So anyway, just just thoughts. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, James, go ahead, buddy. 
I, real quick, I just wanted to add, do the math on two incomes. You'll find out that that second income, you're only taking home 10 to 30% of the total income to even benefit the family. Uh, so you're trading away to get that extra 10 to 30% all the time with your kids, all the hands-on life of just having a good time sometimes with those kids. Uh, don't forget, you might have to add in housekeeping costs. That'll increase decrease that number uh, because there's no nobody there to take care of the household stuff or you know you're overtaxing everybody so it's a huge deal uh, it is a real scam yeah and I just wanted to add one more thing because Kyle's too young to know but they've been trying to come after uh, the assault weapons in the magazine since literally the 70s like like we have been living this since the 70s and it just never goes away they just keep coming back to the trough for the same bullshit. James, you know what's really funny, though, is that uh, because of the last assault weapon ban, which uh, expired, like, right after I got out of college, uh, or when I was in college, I guess, when it expired, they basically did, like, the Harry Potter routine where they chose their enemy because nobody gave a shit about AR-15s until that point. And then people were like, oh, shit, a whole decade where they said we couldn't have them. And then I remember getting my first <laughs> AR-15 when I was, like, in 2005. I, I was, you know, it was, like, game on. And since then, that market has exploded. It's created an opportunity for people to have probably the most... Uh, it's probably the single most developed time in the firearms industry, and it didn't hurt that we had a war going on for 20 years. But we have we have moved so far forward with the development of both accessories and modernization of platforms. Like, there were guns that hadn't been moved, and nobody had done anything on it. Like, think about handguns. A lot of the technologies hadn't moved ever. You got people like Q out in New Hampshire right now that are legitimately, like, changing the game, and they're saying, why are we still always building only, like, Remington 700s and Mauser actions, which is just a, you know, that's a 700 is a modern Mauser. Why haven't we moved some of the technology forward and reimagined how some of these things should work? And so they actually blew it. I think those assault weapon bans, they, they, they always backfire because these people are, they're linear thinkers, they're first order thinkers, and they never think of what the consequences are, which is the minute that thing sunsets, everybody's going to buy that shit and everybody's going to go like, well, we're never going to do that again. And then, you know, we've got engineering problems now, like guys making bump stocks or force reset triggers that are literally making the idea of an auto sear and a machine gun obsolete. You've got the pistol braces where people are doing that, where they've made the idea of a short barrel rifle obsolete. They're just going to be smarter than the laws because the laws were written in the thirties, you know, and some other stupid stuff. And so we're just dealing with the natural consequences of stupidity. It'd be nice if we cleaned up the code, but at the end of the day, I feel pretty good that I'm Americans are both innovative and they're also they still have that spirit where it's kind of like fuck you you can't tell me that I can't own this uh, and the younger generation is jumping right into it too because we've got smart and clever people that are working around like real problems that our laws have created and they're going no not for me not for this generation we have more firearms freedom than we've had probably in 50 years yeah well we we did get Dobbs and and that was nice and we can know about the Donald Trump Scott let me know if you have a chance to come up or not um, I was going to talk to you about Gen Z voter outreach and things of that nature if you're available I need you uh, to cover Tim Pool because that's why that's the only reason I came oh, up well I mean listen I spoke to Mark and I watch your show I watch Tim's show and you know as of now it's kind of like a coin toss on who I'm going to watch and you know who I'm going to watch on a certain night you're 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 at a different time frame but if you really want to push the envelope if you want to get me you, you got to have mark on more i mean you got to have him on every night 
Well, that's obviously the case, but let me just tell you what you just compared. You just compared a guy that is a single man band that literally like changes all of his scenes and develops all of the, the visuals on his own versus a dude who has a production team and lives in a weird commune and probably brings in between like 15 and $50,000 an episode and does it twice a day. So just, just so you know what you compared, I'll, I'll take that as a win. Yeah, absolutely. Take that as a win. And I think as I tear up papers here, I think if you put Mark on more often, I think then you may even get more of that win. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tim is just, uh, Tim is just raking in money. It's like, it's like when Alex Rosen goes out, which we're going to have Alex Rosen on next week. Uh, regarding some pedo hunting and the fact that the main, the main state police uh, doesn't, doesn't like him too much. Um, but yeah, you know, when Alex goes out, man, that, that chat is just running through with those, uh, with those little chip in donations. Right. So uh, no, it's great. And uh, you know, super excited to see what you guys have in store. Miss G you were having like a conniption. Um, is there something you wanted to say? First of all, you left your mic open, so that I was trying to get your attention. Don't get my – I don't give a shit. Turning it, it on, it turning like it off. tearing up paper for your gerbil cage, and I was trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on. Kyle? Well, Kyle, listen. Well, actually, I wanted to address something you said to Dylan, or was it Jax? I'm not sure, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. It really being, doesn't. The point being is this, where you said in – and this – it doesn't apply in New York, I want you to know. Where you live in more populated areas is where you need a little bit more state control and rules. However, where I live in New York City, they do the opposite. So all those youngins that are looking to run out their house and move to a large city, it usually is New York, and they are coming into the belly of the beast of violence and mayhem. I just want you to know that. But another point being what that Kyle said is this. I did the raising of the children. I stayed home. I gave up my career. And I was doing well. But anyway, I gave it up. And it was a struggle in the beginning. Not now. Luckily for me, us, this family. There is nothing more you could do for your family than to be there. You know, you cannot work a job, women, and take care of your children's needs the way they should be. When they need to do their homework or they have a project or just anything, we cannot be split in that many pieces. It, no one gets the proper attention. It just don't happen. Not your job, not your home, not your children, not yourself, not your marriage. It just don't happen. So the worst thing that we are doing is we're falling for this radical feminism that is out there and it is destroying families. It is destroying children because now you have women still popping out kids, but they ain't taking care of these kids. You know who's raising these kids? The corrupted school system that is teaching your kids, that is allowing the state to think it has the power to take over your parental rights. So the best thing I can implore any of you women listening here today, teach your children that the most important thing in life is their family. The family unit is broken. You need to raise your kids because 
if you're not there and you're not paying attention, I can tell you. And when I mean pay attention, that means be involved in this school. Talk with your kids. See what your kids are doing. Let, you see, I'm one of those parents. I let my kids know. You live in my home. I am going to snoop. It's not snoop. I, you're my child. I am responsible for you until the day I die. So when I go in your room and I say, what's this? And I open up a drawer, whether you're there or not, if you don't like it, too bad. We are not their friends. We are their parents first. It is our our, our job to protect, provide, and make sure we put out into the world responsible, productive, caring individuals that when we're gone, will be able to stand on their feet and make it without us. So it seems nice in theory. Oh, more money, more money, more problems. Sometimes take care of your kids, build your family, take them out of the public school system. You know what? It's not that hard. If I could do it all over again, I do a lot of things different. And one thing I would do is I was, I would homeschool and I would not vaccinate my kids, but that's just another story entirely. Now the, but you, you know what? The guys need to, to be you? spoken to by the men about this just as much as the women need to be spoken well, that's to not my about job the women. A man how to be a man. So well, I let me throw this at both you guys. Cause I want, I want to hear your take on it. My wife's pretty sharp cookie. And one of the things that she said, and this is something I have been digesting. She said, it should be no surprise that there are now men pressing into women's spaces like women's locker rooms and women's sports when women have been pressing into men's spaces for the last 50 or 60 years. Uh, that kind of took me by surprise. As you guys probably know, my wife, uh, she came from Brooklyn. She grew up in a pretty ultra lib household. And until very recently, that was her mindset. You know, she she has a, uh, a very soft science degree as a counselor, has a master's in that. So a lot of time in education, a lot of time in the in the Northeast, a lot of time in New York, and then went to Austin, which is no less lefty. But that's the thing that she's come to as a mother now that has four kids. An interesting thought. What do you guys think about that? I totally agree. We are being taken over because basically, you know, not only did we allow them and we are allowing them, but women want to be men. Women, women their, their goal coming up is I got to be, you know, a VP, a C, CEO, you know. No, your job is a woman is to be the support system to the man and for her family. That is your job, ladies. And if you don't know it, now you know. And the problem is, Kyle, is that the men, sorry guys, are not stepping into their roles either. As much as we women like myself, G, Taylor, you know, some Rev, as so many of us in here, we are more traditional women. We want our own, you know, we want to be in our own lane, so to speak. We want that traditional woman role, female role. The guys are living the single life, hopping girl to girl, whatever the case might be. They're not wanting commitment. They're not wanting to settle down, you know, and, and you, you know, know so we struggle. Speak. Let me just finish. It's our generation. Right? I don't disagree. Girl, I do not disagree. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we struggle just as much because as much as we want to preach at women to do their job and be in their role, we are also finding that there are a lot of men that are not stepping into their role. And I'm sorry, guys, I love you all in here. So I'm not. I'm not let me, trying to be mean let me to you add, all. Let me add to that, sweet pea, is um, uh, no, no biologist here, okay? Uh, but, you know, my, uh, my uh, secondary education electives tell me 
that not every male is per se an alpha or doesn't even need to be an alpha, but a, you know, a viable uh, leader, a capable man. Okay. Uh, otherwise, otherwise every woman would be attaching themselves to every available male. They're not. So um, there are, there are extremely capable men. They're just as nature, they're going to be less than the incapable. Uh, so I think, I think, uh, I think there's plenty of them out, out. Well, I actually, I take that back. Cause that's, they're out there. The question is, uh, you know, how many of them and, uh, are they being sucked up and, you know, by women that recognize their value? Uh, but there are, there, there are men that step up. And I don't disagree with you, Mark. I'm just saying that it's, it's a fault on both sides. You know, G is really great about pointing out to the women what they need but to be doing. But is it a fault or is it nature? Well, as, maybe as it's nature. Question. I'm just saying in general, the, you're seeing a breakdown of the family, but it's coming from, from both. It's not just one or the other. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. You missed my point. And my point being is if we really want to look down on something right now, and I'm sorry, but, yeah, I'm going to say it to you all, and I'm one of you. Gen Z dropped the ball. When we started handing out participation trophies and putting our kids in timeout instead of saying, you know, listen, I'm just not one of those. I'm just not. I grew up in an Italian household. You got your ass whooped. You did not. You And I will repeat it. You did not speak out. I was 21 years old. I said to my mother, bald said the queen, if I had them, I'd be king. With her long piano, bony-ass fingers, she backhanded me in the mouth so quick my head spun. I'm sorry, but you are not your kid's friend. Stop coddling your kids. And our generation did it. So when you want to know why, there's a Ms. bunch G. of soft Ms. men. G. Ms. G. Uh, look where it's coming from. Ms. It's G. the parents. Miss G, things were different in the 20s. You know. It's about no. the time you got a handle on this room. Y you Ms. know. Miss G. G, come on. The, listen, 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 listen. We all love the Model T, but Jack, it's, go it's gone Jack, now. Help me it's gone now. Jack, you sitting here. Rome, jump in for your girl, Rome. No, no, There's no. been so many Don't open opportunities it, yeah, yeah, that I let go by. <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to sit here with that little fucking yellow hand up? <laughs> Seriously. Hey, Kyle, I just want to tell you something about self-reliance. I've been going to the potty by myself for like six years, dude. So don't talk to me about self-reliance. It's really important that you learn how to hold it. It's also important that you know where to put it when, you, when you've when you been holding it long enough. So congratulations. We're really proud of you. And please everybody don't that doesn't sit. Have to, uh, everybody that doesn't have to sit next to you while you shit yourself in the subway or in your car or at the DMV is really proud. So That's, that's normal operating procedure, bro. Standard. Yeah, good work. <laughs> So, so Jack, is that when you're wearing the scrotum shirt or when you're not wearing the scrotum t-shirt? Either one, either one's either fine. One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't really matter. He's telling me that he's shit not in the subway, shit in the subway, right. shit in the bed. Got doesn't it. matter. So I took a five minute break. I come back and it's Miss G hour. What happened, Mark? Oh, well, I was getting a feel of space and I'm going to, I'm going to hit these hands. So <laughs> thanks, Miss G. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, for the social biology uh, conversion here. Yes. Crypto, can you tell me what this little icon is next to your name? There's a couple of you guys that got like a cool American flag. What's that about? Yeah, so the sponsor of our space is uh, up there. It's at Idea or Die, and you guys can click on that. And Idea or Die is, uh, it's a group of, well, it's a group of people that are conservative 
and um, essentially the the badge. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. It's you're, not, you're not like... very good at being sponsored. You're gonna have to get your pitch down. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, He's Mark, worse than me. <laughs> well, Mark isn't a part of it, so. Um, but where's and, the ooh button? Yeah, where's the ooh button? So yeah, so 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 idea or die, Kyle. If you click on it, you'll know what it says. Um, but essentially, Whew. it's. Oh, Miss G, I will drop your ass like a bad habit. Do not start with me tonight. But. All right, I'm gonna have to mute everyone now except Mark. So yes, Kyle, it is a group of like people. Oh my god! He had the five second delay on. Man, he got me on that one. I wonder if he can do it now. I guess not. <laughs> so Kyle, yeah, no, it it's a group of like minded individuals that are conservative, and we uh, we have our own little group, man. We have our badge, and uh, we go out there and we try to get people like you to talk about it and and come join this amazing movement of conservative men and women that are patriots. And uh, listen, listen, you know, Tim Pool's about to sign on. So uh, if you want to do it, uh, you may have to act sooner than later because we already know he's kind of ahead of you. We don't need no speaking badges. That is incredibly so loud. What is Kyle playing? (laughs) (laughs) I can't even unmute because it just goes to like a raging ocean. Yeah. Uh, It's gone. That's people clapping. It was. was No, definitely. Definitely wasn't people. I mean, maybe that's his soundboard. Maybe that's why I watch Tim Pool more often. Kyle, was that your soundboard? I'm just oh, gonna make the soundboard up on the stupid thing. This is a Twitter soundboard. Oh, hold just... on, here we go. Here we go. You know what? There's a lightning storm. We're bringing up our sponsor. Oh my god, dude, that's brutal. so loud on the brutal. headphones. It's so brutal on the headphones. All right, Kyle, you asked for it, and idea is up here. Thanks, Crypto. That was an awesome intro. Um... <laughs> Thank you. There he is. <laughs> He's your new spokesperson. So uh, there I'll he is. give you a quick rundown. Ideas very new. It's kind of evolving quickly. Um, what it has started out as is basically a, an assembly of creators that are uh, conservative. Um, I kind of extended it to brands that are conservative, patriotic, and I'm hoping to actually work with uh, candidates as well. Um, the The whole idea is to build a, a broad network with diverse resources. Um, and we all kind of work together just like this, like we're doing now where we we're utilizing crypto's space to bring awareness to, um, you know, political projects that are in our interest and, uh, you know, hopefully have an impact this year. That's it. Thanks guys. Thanks idea. Much appreciated. Uh, Michael Dean, are you up or not? Cause you just texted me Florida, Kentucky OT. So that's, that's interesting. Thanks for that. Um, so no, so, uh, steak for breakfast. Are you there tonight, sir? I am here crypto. Let me go to you real quick before I go back over to, uh, Goldberg and Jax. Um, what is the next podcast coming up and who do you have? Oh, the next podcast is going to be Friday. We've got a five banger of congressional Congress people, I guess you can call them. Five, five banger. Oh, is AOC in there? No, close though. We got the uh, based America First version of her. Anna Paulina Luna will be joining us. Oh, awesome! Matt Gates, Eli Crane, Troy Nels, and uh, Bob Good. 
So we're awesome. looking at uh, all flavors, everything from the Freedom Caucus to the America Firsters and everything in between. And uh, congressional candidate Sandy Smith, who's running in NC1. She's been one of our favorites for the last couple election cycles. We're hoping to get her up on Capitol Hill as well. Awesome. Is there a chance you could ever get Don Bacon on there so I can come on and yell at him? Oh, man. That would be a interesting interview, although we did have a couple people from the DeSantis train come through. And, uh, you know, it was always a very uh, civil conversation until we got towards the end. And I wanted to talk about poll numbers. They never were, mm. were much to Ken Cuccinelli was, was definitely uh, to hear him do the verbal acrobat to to try and get around what the poll numbers looked like. And this was like three months ago. It was very interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, Um when I said, wow, I apologize. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, not even going to say it, but, um, I'll, I'll send a DM to you guys on, uh, on, on Joma, Mark Joma, just put out a tweet. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah it's good. De- <laughs> Sweet. He goes, that means deadly. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty deadly. I don't know if it's true. And considering what <laughs> I would say about a person and the, and, and the possible charges they'd be facing, I'm just not going to repeat it uh, while we're recording. So not going to happen. Um, check it out. Sounds, sounds so exciting. I'll big send it if over. True. Big if true. That is true. Big if true. Let me go over to Goldberg. Uh, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Crypto and James. Uh, right before I sign off, guys, I'm going to go to bed here soon. Um, I would just like to say that <clears throat> I think 2024 is the scariest election probably for your guys' lifetime and certainly for mine. Um, if this doesn't go our way, I would – have to believe that I would be probably sent off to war, unfortunately. Um, but also, if it does come out in our outcome, I see nothing but greatness coming towards our country. I mean, our slogan, Make America Great Again, I think that dream's going to become reality. So, uh, something I keep preaching to my generation and to others just on X is keep hopes alive and keep preaching the good word out to people. And uh, it's amazing having this platform, being able to reach out to other conservative patriots and being able just to share ideas together. I think this is the first step towards the right path. And thanks for the invite, Goldberg, by the way. Goldberg, including (laughs) in, thank you. Goldberg, Goldberg gave you the thumb up. So, uh, Miss S, silence, do better. Good to see you tonight. Hey, Um, thanks. Of course. Let me head over to uh, Jax and then uh, Kevin. You've been quiet with uh with 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 nothing funny for a little bit, you know. Kind of worried. Uh, yeah, yeah. Miss G's kind of holding it down for me, you know. I can, there's only there's only <laughs> one downstate New Yorker that can do it at once, so I figured I'd let mm-hmm, her run out mm-hmm. and then I'll come well, in. Well, hold on. I thought that Miss G was definitely in Long Island. She is Long it's Island. Still, Long still Island. Long Island. It, it's still right. downstate. Got it. Okay. It is Long Island. I'll pull up the map. <laughs> It is not. It, and, Put the map up again. I'm not on that island. I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn isn't a part of Long Island. Oh, um, here we go. The here other we go. island. Here what we go. bridge? What bridge or tunnel do what, <laughs> do I have to get over to get to Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, she's not going to answer that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So there's a little bridge to get into Far Rockaway. So I didn't, what does that I didn't make that Far Rock. Huh? I, I didn't he, say Far Rockaway. Pardon? What is he stuttering? He didn't ask about Far Rockaway. Doesn't matter. 
It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. The question the is non-responsive. Nobody Brooklyn. wants to hear about it. All right, I'm getting the map. Get, get the map, Kevin. Take the map, Kevin. Miss G, take your map and listen. stick it where the sun don't shine <laughs> because you're not part of New York City. Don't be butthurt, but you're not. Nobody look, wants to be part look, of New York look, City. Look, you got don't rats be, and don't be jealous shit. of our driveway. Listen, Mister, I was born in Brooklyn. Shut up, crypto. I was don't born in Queens. I, I feel a fuck face coming on. Yeah, fuck face. All right, let me go. Uh, let me see. I came. Hey, I just, hands I'll just tell you real quick. I uh, I saw that Joe Ma tweet, and I uh, I just reached out to the to the subject matter and uh, asked him if it's uh, if he can confirm or deny. You know, the, that, the that person event. in the tweet. He's not going to confirm or deny. He might. He, he no, might. You got to got to do your job. You got to ask. You gotta ask. I, I don't know how in the fuck you're not blocked, Mark. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, invite I don't. him in. Invite him in. Well, let's see if he gets back to me. And then I, you know, it's okay. You want me to invite him in? I'll invite him in. Invite him in. He's not coming anyway. Okay. That's fine. Jack's good, buddy. I'll say it wouldn't surprise me with how liberal he is. But, um, uh, but uh, okay. But what I do want to say is to what Kyle stated. Uh, my generation, um, I do believe we will uh, resurrect the Second Amendment in this country. Uh, I, I myself, I'm a gun owner. Uh, I'm a gun collector, so I take it a little further than gun owners. Uh, but are I, you I, are you a gun owner collector like Alec Baldwin? That, no, I am very responsible. Good, um, good, good for you. Good for you, because Mark Mark's a big fan of Alec Baldwin. I just want to put that on the record. Well, uh, but um, yeah. So I've been uh, for the past two years taking people out. I've been like, even though it's not something I like. Uh, hold on, hold take, on, hold on, Jack. We taking people out. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Use different hold language. On. No, taking, no, taking people out you or taking them out the to the range. Phrasing. So I've been taking Gen Z to the range. <laughs> good, good, been, good stuff. We like that. And I've been showing them firearms, but um, more sort of the point. Uh, we need to end the NFA, uh, legalize suppressors and machine guns, and uh, hopefully, like. Hopefully everyone in the space is supporting Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, or any of these groups that are fighting for our freedoms. Uh, other than that, um, I'm quite sick. But uh, thank you for taking time to talk about Gen Z crypto, and I need to go get some sleep. Of course. No, go ahead, buddy. Thank you, Jackson. Goldberg, are you here or did you drop? I apologize. I left for a little bit. Goldberg, thank you for coming in tonight as well. Um, it was a pleasure to have the Colonel on and we're not done yet, but we're going to be wrapping up soon, but it was great to have Colonel on great to have Jack's Gen Z Dylan. I'll bring you back up because we are talking about Gen Z tonight and you are Gen Z. Uh, let me go to James and then I'm gonna hop down to Michael Dean. And just for purposes here, uh, according to my computer, it's 9287 Florida Gators over the number 10 Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, so it looks like we may have found, uh, this, this blind squirrel may have found a nut, Michael Dean. Uh, James, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I guess speaking of blind squirrels, I want to make a very counterintuitive point uh, about Gen Z. Um, the the thing that the millennials really screwed up with uh, with Gen Z is they kept trying to force down their throats this idea of otherisms. And the very embracement of otherism is causing Gen Z to tell the millennials to go fuck themselves. 
Like, I, like, I know it's counterintuitive, but you, you really have to look at this as, as like, you know, you see these people that all want to be, I'm known as an id now, uh, uh, literally saying, well, you can't define for me what an id is. So now I'm going to do this and, and screw you and your group and, and all that. So it's actually helping us in the long run with Gen Z. I know it's counterintuitive, but it's actually happening. Hey, crypto is uh, is John Fetterman getting a divorce or is he going on date night? What's up? Um, I don't know. I can tell you that I'm currently sliding into Giselle's DMs. So um, if she responds back, I'll let you know. But yeah, look, look, you know, the guy either changed bodies. It's a new person. He got another illness. And now, listen, he's he's more republic. He's more conservative than half of the fucking senators we have how what if he maybe, brought, maybe what if elon that? maybe elon hooked him up to the neural link as a test and he came out conservative <laughs> i know I, I think it's possible that uh he just brought that woman to heal i just posted date night up there in the nest so you guys should be able to see uh he looks pretty big he looks beefy and i think he told her put on some clothes i'm sick of the cleavage and all the pictures on twitter oh my and, god uh, what he's wearing because you suck i'm in charge what do you he's, think i think kyle we all need to get this tuxedo hoodie. I'm digging it. I mean, what? What Wait, are you trying to tell me? You do not have a tuxedo hoodie, right? Yo, you, I know. Yo, so, you so gotta watch out. Giselle definitely beats him. So if you're sliding in her DMs, <laughs> I think she answers. Maybe she she's did try to, uh, you know. Yeah, I think those days are over. I think. Yeah, I, that's over, I think Kevin. that's what we're saying, Kevin. I think he's just right. decided to regain the helm. Look, <laughs> he rope a doped her for however long. Waving, waving he, the Israeli flag, he, Kevin. He, he rope a doped her. Yeah. Yo, look, he just let look. her wear her little heart out. She was getting all her liberal little hearts out, and then now hey, he's like, "All right, now I'm in charge. Hey, Shut up." Hey, Whatever hey, you hey, think hey, of John Fetterman, so, he's hilarious. Hey, hey, he is. Hey, crypto. That reminds me of. Uh, that reminds me actually that sweatshirt reminds me of like uh, one time I saw a car there was like a bunch of teenagers in it they took all the doors off the car and put put a got a marker and wrote jeep all over it and that that's what that kind of sweatshirt reminds me of yeah it, no that that is great <laughs> I am I am currently looking out there and they do have a lot of them uh lots of stuff here so uh yeah and interesting. I just I just want to say the map of long island is in the nest thank you sir so feel thank free you. to look at how brooklyn and queens are connected to long island there are no bridges there are no waterways so thank you my eyes excellent research kevin you are a gentleman and a scholar we all appreciate it kevin that is my understanding of of that island kevin and mark knows that i am pinpoint on geography so if there's anything you need me, I am I am dead on balls accurate on this stuff. I, I tell I tell him, guys, it's it's uh it's it's kinda it's it's amazing. Very smart man and his comprehension of, of geography is so unique that I tell him it is unique. Don't, I tell him do not educate yourself. Don't don't look at a map. It is so unique, it is so incredible. Uh just be as you are it's it's that <laughs> it's yeah yeah and i have a map in my office and well at home and at work so i obviously <laughs> don't fucking look at it but it's when, a world when, but it's a world map though so. when oh good 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 i hope it's yeah, a yeah. graphic one so you don't see the lines of the states and everything so here's what Mark, i'm gonna do would, would crypto be would he be an officer uh you know the sort of like you can't spell lost without the lt would he have been an officer <laughs> 
I don't I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. Let, let me let me say this. I, I don't think he has a problem navigating per se. I think he has no comp well look, here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'll put it this way, Kyle. If you're walking straight, you're going north, right? <laughs> when <laughs> when when pronounced true north crypto. <laughs> right. True north. Right. So, Not magnetic north if you're walking. Or grid. Yeah. So we're like so this is so funny what what um what what I what I want to do next time crypto does he own together. a protractor not to derail you but he has, does he have a protractor where he can plot this <laughs> he does not know about protractors pocket of protector of, what, of course I know about protractors not you know money. how to use them on a map crypto of course I don't how many, no you just don't crypto, ask what's pro, going on here a protractor is not a erector set you had when you were seven <laughs> right 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 so, no but. He's confusing it with a compass, which had the pointy things on it, which he liked because he right, could poke right, himself right. in the fingers. Okay, so, so while so hold on, while you guys bash me real quick, Michael Dean, is it over ninety four ninety one? I can't two tell. Se two seconds left. They're up by three, and I think they're about to get the ball. Florida out of bounds. There's okay, a sports thanks. ball that's happening, and someone is about to be victorious. That's very exciting. <laughs> there, there's what a victory. Will this be? <laughs> there, there's a sports ball, and someone's oh, more actually, points no. Than the other. I take, I take it back, crypto. Two seconds left, down by, uh, up by three. Hang on. They tried a free throw. It's pretty much, it's over. Okay, Congratulations. The were not scored and some team is no longer going to have the opportunity. What, yeah. What sports so real quick, before we get out of here, can we have the man, the focal point of the most recent J6 bomber escapade speak about that before we get out of here, Crypto? At, at, at some point. Yeah, I don't know who that is. That would be Mr. Seraphim. It's fucking Kyle, dude. Did you miss the whole story that they pulled him <laughs> off the case? And like he was, he was ready to find this guy fucking eighteen years ago. But the fucking FBI said, "No, nah, we don't want to find the pipe bomber." Like, like he's the focal point of the story. Oh my god, I missed it. Where is this story? Hold on. I'm All right, before online. we go to pipe, Kyle Khan. I'm just. I, I want to tell you guys. I'll leave this alone. Kyle, you're so modest. We. Uh, no, he's not. I am with. Ah, Fuck it, forget it. Jesus Christ, forget let Mark Jesus finish. Yeah. Let Mark finish. Nah, Mark's like, too late now. It it's done. It's done. Brain Mark, so Mark, gone. yeah. Mark is like a squirrel. If you interrupt Jesus. him more than twice, it's done. Oh, yeah. All right. Crypto. It's done. It wasn't me interrupting. You don't give me shit. No, 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 no. I'm not giving you shit. I'm let me help you, Mark, because there was kind of me. It right now. Pro rack, protractor, due yeah, north, directions. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, but the time has passed. He's not going to do yeah, it. It's long past that. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, moving on. Let's go to Paul while I find this Kyle Seraphin tweet that I need to read up on. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Crypto, because now my daughter's mad at me and walked away again. So typical. Why? Why'd you walk? Oh, what, what, the, what the fuck? Why is everyone shitting on me the last five minutes? Yeah, what and also, Paul, I have an issue here. <laughs> okay. She has these issues about our country, and the number one issue isn't the fucking border, <laughs> which is your career. She's 19. It's not affecting her. Not that she knows of. No, it's definitely affecting her. That's why she can't get a decent she, entry did level she job. Speak? Did we have on. his daughter on? No, no, his daughter no, was talking. Talk you guys, she was talking oh. to Paul. Paul was talking. We were talking back, and apparently, like, what? We started at eight. Two and a half hours later, I pissed her off. I mean, I would, I would have thought I pissed her off back at eight o'clock. 
Oh, no, no. I finished it off for you, buddy. I I mean, we went back and forth (laughs) and round and round while you guys were talking about other stuff. (laughs) Well done. Oh, okay. Well, well, did did her dirty bedroom come out? (laughs) Well, you're You're not doing the dishes. Yeah, Paul, you're being a good father. So, you you know, hang in in there, man. You take the car keys. (laughs) The car keys. James. It wasn't that bad, Jack. Come on now. Yeah, you can't be taking the car keys yeah, from 19 year olds. Check her phone. Not at, oh, at 19, I don't know. What's the oh, ruling on that? It's going to be hard to grab. Yeah, you got Yeah, what's the yeah, ruling on that, that one? That phone's lost. It's it's over. Don't, don't even check if, it. If you pay for it, it's yours. That's what I always say. <laughs> Since she don't pay for it, it ain't hers. That is true, too. James, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you a heads up, Crypto, that you may have trouble finding the Kyle Serafin story because universally every media outlet that I saw on our side or the other side very explicitly ignored the fact that his name was Kyle Serafin. They just said the whistleblower or a whistleblower. It was kind of bizarre since Kyle has testified before Congress, been all over the fucking media, uh, does his own podcast, is a very publicly facing figure that everybody kind of ignored the fact that his name was Kyle Serafin in the story. So that's why Michael was saying the center focal point of the story, though, is Kyle, that he was the the fucking uh, uh, case, so to speak, to go answer fucking dumbass tip phone lines about how their neighbor was fucking burying a Trump flag uh, while while they were looking for the fucking pipe bomber. It's a bizarre thing that these people did on top of the fact that we're finding out these were training munitions and it was a, uh, a Capitol Police officer who made the initial find. And like all this stuff is being hidden. Why? You have to ask that question. Why are they Kyle's the guy. That kind of citation wouldn't pass 13th grade. I'm talking community college. That's sad. That 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 that, that shit would get kicked back. Kicked back. Can anyone send me the Kyle Serafin? Yeah, story? Uh, Kyle. Who is who's best? You mentioned uh, Baker, Steve Baker, and also I think Becker. Kyle uh, says he loves himself some Steve Baker. I mean, he even said yeah, himself. Steve Baker's one. And the other big one that's come out, which was, I think, in part because of Kyle's space with Massey, um, he can speak upon this, but Massey finally did some investigation into it. And supposedly, supposedly, uh, uh, this uh, possible J- alleged J6 bomber person has a connection and or was a government uh, contractor that worked in munitions, uh, munitions, um, you, you know, the word I'm trying to say, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you are close enough, Michael. We all know it's okay. Um, I'm looking at this thing, by the way, guys, of the person we're not talking about. And it, it appears that this is a 2020, um, registration date. So this would be a conviction, a charging conviction of, uh, from, from November of 2020, just a heads up. This is not new. It may be oh, new yeah. here, I said, but, but the conviction date was in 2020 in Georgia. Yeah, I'll just to just to give you this is this is what I said because you know I try try to keep it pro as they say. I said, uh, "Hey Tim, uh, this is getting some attention." Uh, we could we could drop the name though. That'd be good. Uh, it's 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 the first name. It's, it's, okay. Look look, we already said where it is. I said, "Hey Tim, uh, this is getting some attention. Can you confirm or deny this conviction?" Thanks, Mark. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens, but you know, it's okay. 
I think that's, that's fair. That's a fair question and appropriate professionalism from a journalist to, uh, yeah, it is. I just don't know how they would match this up because the guy's name here is completely different. So no yeah. idea. Yeah, you gotta no, ask. No idea how it came about. Um, well, I look forward to reading this, uh, Kyle, do you want to say anything about this story while while we're here, or should I just read about it? I don't know. What do you want to know about it? I don't <laughs> know anything look, about this it. Going, this is a space where I've seen like Cliff in. Week. I feel like you could just wing it, and that's what he do, would do. What would Cliff do? He'd read Cliff the headline. Would... And then no. have <laughs> wrong opinions. <laughs> well, right, would yeah. he yes, really yes. read the headline? Yeah, All based I mean, on his feeling. Yeah. And then say he doesn't really care about the situation. <laughs> and he say okay. his opinion is not feeling. Cliff, if you want to come up, you can now come up. Before he comes up, hey, Crypto, can I ask you real quick to check your DM at some point? It's important. How, how, how important can this be? It's important do for I, something coming up for somebody important. Do I check a DM from you I or the group yesterday. DM? No, I'm, I'm oh. not in your group DM personally. You're not in the fuck around oh, and yeah, find out. Oh, yeah, that one. No, I can't. I didn't send it there. It's no, because it needs to. It's a surprise. Yeah, it's check literally called. I don't check my DMs. I but, know, okay, but I'll, it's I'll, important. I'll... All right, Jesus. Thank you. And this, I'll second this the is, Steve Baker interview. This was is probably one of the best I ever heard. This is exactly why I didn't marry you, sweet pea. I didn't want you to. It's okay. No, no, you asked. You I asked. really didn't. No, you did. And I told I you didn't, that. Because no. you're too young for me. No, I did, and I said, "Listen, no, sorry." I said, "You're too needy," and I'm with scrotum. There was a whole thing. There was a whole thing. Scrotum, I can find things. I'm with a cat. I'm just finding this out now. Scrotum yes. with you, I'm a little concerned. He, well, he is with me. He is with me. And Jack, um, Jack put out a great tweet today. By the way, where where scrotum was on the where, wheel. Yeah, where scrotum was running on the wheel. This that cat just puts in uh, 24/7 work. He keeps uh, it tight. Well, he, jeez. Well, he does because he's a drug dealer. So, uh, Paul put on an absolutely amazing piece of evidence. Uh, Cliff and Michael shit the bed at the trial, and I had three jurors that fell asleep. Yeah, and that, and that was our trial. Crypto. So, let me pivot real quickly. Do you mm -hmm. think that wearing a pair of glasses is an appropriate disguise to hide yourself, a la Clark Kent, Superman? A la James O'Keefe and Gay James yeah. O'Keefe. No, no. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Apparently, yes. But I, I don't think so. Like, when I see James O'Keefe with the glasses, I'm still seeing James O'Keefe. Uh, no, he looks like your grinder date. That's what he looks like. Come on, <laughs> dude. Okay. Well, first off, all of my grinder dates have beards, Kyle. All right. So Smart. and he likes and, the manly men. Yes. And, and I will say, Kyle, they have sufficient beards, not these chin straps you have. All right. Yeah, you you look like the dude beard. who ate all those guys in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? That killer? I, I I don't know. Yeah, you do. The guy ate the homos. Hey, why, why would we take you a shot him of my beard? Dahmer? Don't be talking about Dahmer like that. <laughs> you look yeah. like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, actually, I could see it now that you mentioned it. I can kind of see it. Uh, all right. Well, the shit has a really strange turn. I just want to throw that out there. That was yeah. strange, strange. <laughs> That's well, what I'm good for. No, he is. You know what? Jack has Jack has taken over Mark for Charles the Whisper. Is that the? Is that the? Uh, well, I got to be careful how I mention him. Is that the? Nobody's ever accused me of being a whisperer. No, no, he was. He, <laughs> he would was pop in like this and say something, and then pop out. 
Right. He was a guy that you called the sniper that would just be up here and just talk real quick oh, and make a statement. Yeah. yeah, where's our Charles? I thought I was thinking I don't the other know. Guy. I was thinking the other guy. Yeah. I don't know the other Yeah, no, I don't know where Charles is, but Yeah, that guy, that guy, his timing, his it's delivery. Perfect. He was deadly. He was yeah. he was a deadly, deadly space sniper. Um I had a lot of respect for his I we we told him we, we gave him blanket clearance. We said bro, you're autonomous. Do whatever you want in here. I don't, yeah. I don't think we did that to anybody else ever. No, well, he was, Kyle was always my hero, and then he had that baby, and I think it sucked some of the life out of him. <laughs> well, that'll do it. I mean, I think Kyle's single-handedly trying to outbreed the migrants, so he's got a lot of work on his hands. He's busy. Yeah, he's, he's a worthy, he's a, a worthy that's a endeavor. two-person job, for the record. Just For those of you that don't know how it works, just in case, for the young audience. He's doing it for America. Um, with that said, guys, let we me have to outbreed him crypto. So you're right. <laughs> with that said, let me head over, uh, to Mark or James, if they have any comments, uh, and, um, we're going to wrap and go from there. And then by yeah. the way, sweet Pete, for fuck's sake, I'm not checking my not DM forget. right now. It's very important. Oh my God. Oh my God. We'll understand when you see it. I'm going to drop you down in a second. That's I don't want to end. Drive, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want. I sweep you. I don't want to do it. I, you're. You're go. This is like a domestic situation. You're going to make me do it, sweet pea. It's you're okay. gonna. You're gonna make. Me <laughs> if do if it. you need to, and it makes you feel. Oh better, my fine. god! No, it doesn't make me feel better. I'm gonna. It's feel like what are all battered women having common? <laughs> right, they right, just right. don't listen. <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna make me. No, I'm joking. Um. Anyway, before we go to Mark and James, um, follow. Of course, James, Mark, and I'm going to say Kyle, Kyle only because he's brought on Mark. Otherwise, I would say fuck Kyle and don't follow him. But since <laughs> Mark, since Mark is going to be an amazing part of an amazing show already, follow Kyle. Check out his podcast. Mark is going to be on it. I don't know uh, to what extent, but they're going to disclose that. I have seen that they're going to do some some live stuff and Mark's going to be at places on the ground. So it's going to be great. Um, so give that a check. And, uh, of course, next time, uh, Scott, I'll get to you sooner. I apologize. I definitely want to talk to you about Gen Z and the voting. Um, so please do come back. Uh, you're in here a lot. So I definitely want to get your take next time. I apologize for not getting to you prior. Uh, but with that said, Mark and James, uh, any comments that you want to make? And then uh, I'm going to wrap. Yeah, thanks. Uh, first, uh, sorry for my uh, lateness tonight, guys. I appreciate the support. I had several things pop off and uh, – had to deal with them. So, and I, I hated, I hated missing, uh, you know, the, the first, the first half you all. Anyway, the um, full bird was on point, man. Was he? Yeah. The man. full bird was firing. Colonel, Colonel was firing on all cylinders. He was, he was, he was round, wound up and just going, man, I missed it. I, uh, I'll never, I'll never, I'm saying there that. I'll have that opportunity again, but I missed this one. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to do it uh, for, again. For a low fee of five ninety nine, I can replay the space for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but busy week. But the, here's here's the good news: is uh, is is the schedule, and you know my obligations are definitely going to open up next week, and and and, and hopefully uh, continue that way because uh, I am going in the field for Kyle Seraph and really is for you guys, and uh, looking forward to it. I just uh, we have ninety plus percent of the gear in now and uh i'm gonna talk to kyle and make sure that uh you know sort of do a functions check with everything that that may or may not be posted friday uh you know to be determined but 
regardless, there will be a functions check uh, Friday, and you can pretty much expect uh, that we will be ready next week for for the cool stuff that pops off and, and bring it to you live and bring it to you accurate. So thank you, everyone, and thanks, Crypto. Of course, buddy. James? I would just say thanks to everybody for being here. Um, tell Mark he needs to – I think uh, Kyle said his, his podcast is number one in Kenya, and I think that's the country we got to learn all those pops and clicks. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have to, you know, get, get your Swahili down uh, for that show. But I, I, apparently it's it's number one in Africa. So good luck. Good job. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for being here. Cool. And, Paul, you have your hand up, bud, before we go? Yeah, I had a quick question for Mark because I know he missed most of the kernel, and I just wanted to know how much the DEI infusion into the military is just fucking his job all up and ruining his training. But <laughs> – we could always ask. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the short answer. When you know, post J six, when uh, they were looking for all the extremists that apparently some rando somewhere with some you know qualifying figure said that it's a big problem. Um, despite at that point, I think I was in sixteen years at that time, and I we never seen the problem. Uh, anyway. Uh, I remember I was one of the last guys to do my mandatory quote stand down training, and I did it online because I was at the time. I knew it. I knew there was, was a stand down I training. Stand -down. I did the stand down. I was yep, the, it was I the DOD it. stand down. We were like, it was the first time we ever heard. We're like, what, what does that mean? And they're like, well, it's stand down. I'm like, yeah, but what does that mean? So uh, I did that training. Uh, it was online, and let me tell you, if the way that everyone was looking at, because you know, mandatory reporting of anybody that might be potentially connected to or a known associate of white supremacy, extremism. Uh, geez, well, you know, you put that language together and it's anybody. So it was it was weird, weird times. Uh, since then, it is definitely, definitely uh, it's not as bad as as the you know, the further we move from the horrific uh unprecedented times of j6 but don't forget when the national guard responded that I, I i i am i'm confident could be wrong but i'm confident that's the largest mobilization of uh national guard in u.s history to one location for one mission and uh there were guardsmen who had their social media checked scrubbed and were sent home they weren't discharged they weren't disciplined they were kicked off the mission that's kind of weird, especially in National Guard history. Uh, you know, very, very weird. So um, it was weird, weird times. I would say that it's getting better, but I just don't know how it could have got worse. So that's all I got. All right, brother. Thanks. Uh, I want to thank uh, Idea or Die and everyone else who came in uh, from the group tonight. It was a pleasure. And uh, we will see what the weekend holds. Um, I'll talk to Mark. But I do know our next confirmed space is Alex Rosen um, regarding his catching of pedophiles and possibly the main state police coming in uh, to that space as well. Uh, we're in contact with them, so we'll see if they come in. So with that being said, everyone, have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon.